Hello and yeah. broadcasting from the beautiful on. central coast of it. California. It's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show! I miss not being able to hear the intro. Oh, dude, fucking don't shouldn't have gotten that fucking Wizard 19, that jackass. Yeah. Oh, dude, come on, you gotta do the whole 14 days. It's like, one, I'm feeling pretty good right now, and still, like, I can't get back to work in 10, so. But yeah. I'm still doing all 14 days. It's like, whatever, dude. It's like, I'm in no hurry to get back to feeling. Yeah. Getting this all sick and shit. He gets himself sick in the hospital. Yeah, he, he totally did it on purpose. All right, listeners. Welcome back to the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. Other than I'm you Edward. me hearing rant about getting sick with COVID, I can tell you this. I'm feeling good and recovered. How about you? Good host, Edward. Uh, I'm uh, I'm Edward. I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty all right and recovered, too. Actually, quick funny thing. Um, I... Um, <clears throat> I um so I my work so my work Barnes and Nobles we have a um an app where we can look at our schedules most places do and my dad I woke up this morning and dad had told me hey I was looking on that thing and um she scheduled you to work tomorrow I was like huh what well because she had asked me about a week ago hey do you think you could return the week of the eighth and I'm like yeah I probably should be able to. And then I looked on the thing today. Today's the seventh, and she scheduled me for tomorrow. And I was like, I was like, well, I guess it's a good thing because it's like you know she. Wait, is tomorrow your birthday back. or Monday your birthday? But either way, Monday's happy early, mo- happy happy early belated birthday. Happy birthday uh, thank to you, you, James. Yes, to me. Uh, happy thank birthday you, on the podcast. For the most yeah. part, happy birthday wishes, and so Actions. any of the like the new listeners or old or old few old homie listening friends that are hanging out, you could say awkwardly happy birthday and wherever the fuck you are. I don't know, either at work, in your car, say, or at home, of, reach, reading happy- a book or manga <laughs> or comic book or who knows what you got us listening to. But yeah, happy so, early uh, birthday. I don't have a gift. Thank for you. you. I need to figure no, out something, or I'm gonna it. forget. Yeah, I have nah, a high chance it, it might be forgetting, but who knows? We'll see. Speaking of It'll birthdays, come to me. Speaking of birthdays, isn't the podcast almost a year old, or aren't we a year old yet? I don't fucking know. We're like episode fifty six. <laughs> We're like past like fifty two weeks, and there's a couple oh, okay. weeks we've taken breaks. So I don't know when. Well, fuck, I don't know when we started. I don't give a fuck. I don't keep pay, pay attention to those details. <laughs> Um, I can look shit. when we upload our first episode, but that's not when we recorded our first episode. We try to play it slick, and it's like, all right, we're going to do what all the cool people do. We're going to batch up, record all our episodes so that we can have a regular release schedule. And then that caught up. And then I'm to like, be fair, we kept and to I, that for a long time. We did that. And then at this point, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just cowboying this shit. I'll just upload when I fucking can. <laughs> I don't give a that, fuck. Like I do regularly, I do regularly try to make it Saturday or Sunday as my upload, but it's like more like, all right, I'll upload when I fucking can, and we could do this when we can because the issues of us, like you know, getting fucking sick, or like <laughs> yeah, life's kind of beat the shit out of me. I need like a week off or something. It's like okay, homie, don't worry, we're not, we don't get paid to do this, so we, I don't care. 
We do, in fact, not get paid for this. But you guys can change that by supporting our Patreon. No, I'm kidding. We don't, we don't have, have a Patreon. Patreon. I need no, to I do more active kidding. promotions. I don't know. We could start an Instagram, or I'll just make shitty TikTok videos of me saying, Bro! Yo, do you, like, want to listen to us rant about a shitty movie with Steven Seagal and also DMX is there? Rest in peace, my dude. Check out my podcast. Yo, come be friends and listen to our voices. Like, you can't talk in the conversation because we're the dominant talkers unless you just want to awkwardly, like, like, freaking tag along our conversations as you, like, talk yourself to a wall. I don't know, but who cares? Fuck yeah, come on. Be f- Yo, join in in the conversation. <laughs> Maybe Edward will start a Discord and he'll hang out there and I'll like pop in like once every other month. I forgot what I was what I was talking about <laughs> like before. There was um, something about your birthday. Oh, work. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, fuck work. So, so I heard, so she uh, had scheduled me and then she texted me later today. She said, hey, do you think you're good to uh, return to work tomorrow? And I joked with her and I Bro, said- Bro, I'm going to hit up the casino and like get some hookers. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go to work tomorrow. <laughs> I what the hell? I told her I was like, yeah, I saw on day force, haha. But yeah, it should be good. But then she had asked me, so are you still feeling any um uh, any symptoms? And I had said, um, well, there's still some fatigue in general, like lightheadedness and built up phlegm. And I said my body's not 100, but I should still be good because honestly, I think if I because you know, so actually I took a, just move and work because that's so what i took a, yeah so i took a third covid test yesterday just to see and i didn't know this until the lady that did my test told me she said okay you're probably gonna still test positive but that's because the covid test actually the covid actually takes about three months to fully exit your system and i was like i did not know that so yeah but then but she said well yeah the test is one thing but then she said um i'm still worried about the symptoms so she said you know what ixnay on tomorrow i'm gonna email the hr on monday and then i'll get back to you so, so the vacate continues i am is not as lucky i am is not as lucky that like well i'm lucky but not lucky unlucky i gotta go to work lucky that oh dude my health's back no, like, but i'm but like you, I, dude, you I, don't want to go back to work i want to go back to work yeah no i, I like enjoy it's like hey i can hike out or read 20 chapters of a manga or go surf I've been enjoying, like, I do miss, like, jamming and hanging with friends, so me going to work can allow that, but, like... Speaking of hanging with friends, that reminds me, uh, I wanted to tell this quick story, because my my brother, uh, my middle oldest brother, who's the middle child, um, uh, Nicholas, he gave me a call the other day, checking on me, and he had told me, he had listened to our, um, he'd listened to our, uh, to our podcast where we roasted um exit wounds which i think is becoming one of my favorite podcasts of ours but um he well one thing he mentioned was he thought our impressions of like dmx was really funny but he also mentioned how um there was a so you know how dmx has that song rough riders anthem yeah apparently up in merced where he lives there's a there's a chapter up there a biker chapter called rough riders yeah. And he told me that one time they actually paid the money to get DMX to actually go out there 
and perform at one of their local charities. That's pretty fucking dope. And Nick said that his friend who was who organized it said, he said, yeah, Eddie, I'll tell you this. This is how Nick talks more or less. Um, uh, he, he talks with like a really like like kind of a swagger to him. He's always cool, but he's like, he's not like not your, tell- he's not your oldest where he's like, hey, bro. Hey, how's it going? Oh, oh, Johnny. Right. Yeah. He's like, it's like, hello, my brother. Hey, hello. How's it going, my brother? Yeah. Javi's cool. yeah. Javi's hard to imitate because he's always really like tense all the time because he's really, 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 really busy with everything. He's like, <laughs> life's busy. What's life? Busy. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, Nick told me it said something to the effect of, and I tell you what, Eddie, my friend had told me he said DMX. He raps how he he talks how he raps, and you've said that. <laughs> like the movies yeah. show it, except like I don't know. This movie is like hard to say. I can't tell if like he was a good actor or a bad actor uh, in the I'll middle. I'll tell you this, but this like, is now this is now my third movie with DMX, and this is easily the worst one. <laughs> What? Well, the movie's just fucking bad. No, the movie's bad, but DMX just didn't give a crap. He was like... Which, hey, listeners, there are timestamps at the beginning if you just want to go to the meat of the podcast and go check out a review of, like, Beyond the Law if you want to just get there. But, like, spoiler alert, it's a piece of shit movie. It's a kind of a shitty movie. Not gonna lie. Like, Like, it took longer to watch than it needed to be. It says it was like... Yes. It was like an hour and 20 minutes, but I'm like, it took me two hours for that. Not because I'm taking notes, because I'm taking breaks. It's oh like, dude, God. fuck this movie, but yeah, we'll rant about uh, that later. Unless you got something before to say. We, b- before we get into the, uh, before we get into like the music review, because we're also going to review an album. I need to tell you, it took me so long to watch Beyond the Law and not just get through it. Getting through it sucked because I started watching it yesterday. But the reason it took so long to get through, I just, I just. I just didn't. I didn't want to watch this movie so hard. I was like, like I already I'm knew it was gonna be <sighs> shitty going in, and then watching it, it's like, fuck, this is bad. Yeah, like, like I dude, need a friend I, to watch this. Hanging out by myself I, in my room with my projector, yeah. to make the screen look like forty inches, just makes this movie shittier. <laughs> I was, I, I was so, I was almost, I was about a quarter through the movie, and uh, God, let me tell you, I. There was a point where I just I just had to stop because I was because it took me forever to get there because I was playing uh, Yakuza get one of the. Well, Yakuza I remember I hit you up. It's like, stats. hey, when you want to cast, like, can we do evening time? And I'm just sitting there, my mind's like, oh, he's taking forever to do this movie because this movie sucks ass. <laughs> but then you said it's like I was like, yeah, the movie sucks. And you said, oh fuck, and it's like, oh, you haven't even started watching it. Oh, but then you're just belating. But, like he was like, I got the shit done on like Thursday because I was like, fuck it, I might as well get all my podcast shit done. Like I watched the movie. And I went on a hike and then wrote down my notes for like 2112 since like, I don't want to yeah. hang out just laying there listening to music. I would like to do something while listening to music. And then like, I'm watching this movie. I'm about halfway through. And then I look down at the little table here in my room and like, okay, so I treated myself to an early birthday present. And because I've got my beautiful old PS2, chilling over here i've i have been bit by the retro gaming bug so i tracked down copies of the original um 
of the original uh, Metal Gear Solid on PS1 and also the sequel on PS2, Sons of Liberty in its special edition. And I've been saving it because, so the picture on my, when I play my PS2 is always kind of blurry because it's it's going out to its, uh, to like a 240p resolution. But there exists converters and stuff that let you, um, make the game not look as shitty on like a super sick TV. Well, it still looks good, but it's just very blurry. And yeah, um, and this increases right, the new ass TVs aren't ready for such dinosaur technology to be presented <laughs> so, onto them. It's like, dude, what the fuck is this? This isn't through HDMI or blue or like wirelessly through the internet. What the fuck is this fucking red? This red, this, uh, white, and freaking. <laughs> Yellow. Yellow, yeah, because I couldn't figure out AV connections for a moment. I'm mostly with audio where it's just like I work with red and white and I keep forgetting about video, which is yellow. This thing is called the HD Link, the the uh, HD Link cable for PlayStation Two by a company called Pound. It's specifically it's specifically made. Yeah, Pound. Um, it's specifically made to uh, pound your TV with this cable. It's specifically it's specifically made to pounded. to be compatible with PlayStation, with original PlayStation 2s, PlayStation 1s as well, but it upscales the resolution to 720p for maximum compatibility and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it just makes it look a little less blurry. And so I've been saving the games for that, but I was like, you know what? Fuck this. So I threw on the PS2, I threw in that original Metal Gear Solid, and I played it for like five hours. And I'm just like, oh my god, I would such rather get lost in this and play Metal Gear Solid. Just like 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 I'm listening, I'm playing this game, I'm listening to the dialogue that I've heard for years since I was a boy, and I'm still so captivated and interested by it. And I'm just like, and it was just, and it, I wish I hadn't done that because one, I had the mad dash the movie today, but also just because bro, it just made the movie suck even more. Yeah, the movie sucks. Yo, spoiler alert. Uh if unless you got nothing better to do and you just want to like laugh at something horrible, maybe, or just you indulge in horrible no, content to live? Sure. Th- but you can it. skip this. You can skip this movie. That's Your life it. doesn't need this-, this. We didn't need this. I'm, I'm going to save my rants for later, but I do have rants about this movie. There's nothing really else I can think of to talk about. The only thing of is that... Well, we've gone um, 14 minutes and 30 seconds, so we might as well smooth into the review format of our podcast. More singular. Yes. Fuck our lives. And listeners... And friends, and Edward's brother Nick, there are timestamps in the beginning. If you ever want to just go to just the review portions. But today, after last episode, and going through the 1001 albums, You Must Listen Before You Die book, and us picking out randomly 2112 by Rush. I don't know. Yes. Introduce us. Get into this. I got to get a timestamp. Okay. Sorry, so- listeners, you're going to hear some clicks because I have them on phone. So you're going to hear like some like text clicks sorry so, in advance. i could like edit it out but no i don't fucking care so 2112 everybody this is i'm trying to think of something else that we reviewed that i could say this about but i think it's safe to say uh 2112 is easily probably the album we reviewed the most that could be considered a classic this is a classic uh, album, uh, prog rock, you know, whatever, but yes, it's, uh, the prog rock classic. It's, 
So it's one song on it's one 20 minute song on one side of the record. And then there's side a, a is one side A is a 20 minute song that's yeah, broken down to like eight, seven or eight individual sub songs. Yeah, seven parts. It tells the story of a world where and this is a world where fun. boomers fear that technology has come over <laughs> and, and actual instruments are done. So now teenagers are getting are making millions of dollars using laptops and freaking TikTok videos. Oh, how the future is so grim. Why won't anyone play this piece of shit guitar anymore? Well, people could just like well, <laughs> people could compose on their computers and make pretty competent and fun music by that. Oh, but auto tune's no, killing no, see, talent. Yeah, no, no. that no, that auto tune. This was this was made in the seventies. Yeah, but it's a fear of the future. Well, actually, isn't it what the, is well, the song right. set in the fucking dystopian world of? Sorry, no rock. Fuck you. Yeah. So this story in seven parts tells the story of a world where a galactic war took place and the planet earth joined with a united federation the story takes place specifically in a city called megadon where creativity and individuality are suppressed and controlled by the priests of syrinx and their and their overlords the malignant computers that live in the banks of the world and the systems control the flow of everything around them and i wrote here in my notes holy shit this is actually just the plot for metal gear solid but anyway the titular track is itself 20 minutes so let's get into it but like first, obviously some prog rock epics it's just sub songs to like string together hopefully yeah. a good like obviously a long freaking prog oriented so there are like the 20 there are like the long songs where you talk about like doom band doom and sludge bands where they're yeah. long but that's because like the music's slow so it's easy to eat up time but sometimes but basically if you're doing a long song like this sometimes you want some you want to make it fun and it goes somewhere you're basically I can telling think of, a story with noise. Yeah. And Rush is one of the big prog rock daddies. And yeah, because they don't it, suck. And I'll say this now. Um, I can think of like my two favorite progressive like music songs, which is Dogs by Pink Floyd and Octavarium by Dream Theater. And Rush, is, Rush and Pink Floyd, they're very different, but they're both prog rock. But Rush and Dream Theater have a lot of similarities. I think that's why I like Dream Theater. But the, what the point I'm getting at is that Rush is progressive in the old sense when they do progressive where it's like you said, it's really just a couple different songs stringed together maybe there's sometimes there's a reprise of some sections but yeah so the song opens with overture it's one of the iconic rock openings in a album especially a prog rock song um record it's right up there within the flesh by by floyd the song the whole thing is actually the whole song's the best of both worlds to me the 20 minute song because this is when rush really began experimenting with like other instruments and other ways of making music but it's before they went full keyboard with um yeah not before moving, the 80s not moving picture not moving pictures but there was an album before that that they did that really experimented with it um but this is this album also has remnants of rush's old stuff which is basically because rush if you listen to their first album 
the it's the one album without Neil Peart. They're basically just a cheesy, just Led Zeppelin cream worship hard rock band. That's a lot, a lot of, of those fucking bands were at the time. I've listened to a comp of like that late sixties, early seventies, kind of like total just yeah. like yeah, underground, yeah, yeah. dirty drug infested sex. Yeah, Free yeah, the, fuzzy the original rock and roll. And I'm like, Sinner's like. A lot of these songs are good, but I realized no wonder Zeppelin was able to stand apart. No, all these bands sound bored or sound the same. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, Led's uh, not Led Zeppelin. Rush's first album is hilarious. I'd recommend. Actually, it to no, everybody. it's like me when I listen listen to Riot and like the one like album that had <laughs> Road Race. It had Road yeah, Racing. Yeah, yeah. Other than Road Racing and then the self title, the whole rest just sound like, dude, this is like the generic fucking seventies hard rock. God, yeah. no wonder like such bands got big. They like yeah, exactly. They were able to do something all right enough and good enough where it didn't suck. Yeah, it's the same thing with Corn and Slipknot, the quote unquote new metal bands. It's like, oh wow. So you listen to them, and it's like this is why they stood apart from everybody. But anyway, yeah, their first album is really cheesy. Um, their second album, though, Fly by Night, that's when they started sort of building the basics for what would be considered their prog rock stuff. It's actually my favorite record by them. So yeah, this song, it opens up with a down, down, bam, 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 bam. After some rocking, it goes into probably my, it goes into probably my favorite section of the, of the song called um, the temple of Syrinx. You know, it's the we one that you are can, the priests. Like it's the one that you can remember. For me, it's the one I can remember because then everything yeah. else is kind of like. I'm gonna say this right now. My quick review of this song. It's like, yeah, it's five songs. First one's the ADHD, but fun, and then Temple's a banger. Next is Boomer's Fear of the Future, and I'm like, yeah, there's seven <laughs> sub songs, so fuck it. I'm not gonna try to figure out the rest. I'll leave it up to Edward. Uh, so yeah, so it, the, this song sets up the world telling us about the villains. Next is a really ambient piece called discovery. You hear like water rushing about, it's supposed to create the illusion. Like you're in a cave, the protagonist who I don't know if it is ever named, um, discovers a guitar. I actually like really like this because you can hear him strumming on the guitar and it's a slow thing. Uh, while the ambience is going he's just strumming random stuff and it's like nothing it's even out of tune but then over the course of a little bit as getty lee sings he's like wow what's this dope thing i found hey, what's he, this like, thing I makes found? he makes really cool it makes uh, noise melodic stuff yeah Bing, bang. it sounds uh but yeah so the song ends because when the protagonist is like yo I, i'm stoked to show everyone this the next movement is presentation. He basically goes to the priest and he's like, dude, look at this sick thing I found. Yeah, hey, I found a thingy. It makes noise. Uh, Check it out. I think I could ma- I could do something with this. It seems cool. I'm there, cool again, with this, this thing, right? And again, there's this really cool thing where um and it might sound and it might sound really simple to, you know, prog rock enthusiasts, but you have to understand this is this is one of those things that all prog rock guys base their shit off of, so it deserves me sucking. Well, it, it off. depends on the prog rock. Are we talking about modern? Yeah, yeah. Are we talking about something pre the two thousands or after two thousands? Because prog can have different. Dude, meaning. I'm gonna be honest. I know a couple modern prog rock and metal bands off the top of my head, but whenever I think of modern prog, the first thing I think of is Animals as leaders. I know I probably shouldn't, but that's what I think of. That's pr- yeah, no. 
And that's even that's like can be 10 years old, bro. Yeah. What was it? Am I wrong? When Animals as Leaders came out, weren't they like a gent band? Oh, I guess they so. Because they have weird gent and jazz influences. Well, here's the thing. If you want, like, if I feel like with a lot, like, could be, and I could be wrong, I'm not into Prague because I don't give a fuck about Prague because Prague to me is just like, yeah, no, I don't care. The most, like, I feel like the relevant that you could say for, like, the past, like, couple de- years and going into the 2020 is a band called Polyphia, but they only have, like, the mm. one really breakout song. That's, like, the, like, most played out of everything else they have. So it's like. Prog rock is, I don't feel like this as much as I do about new metal, but similar to my feelings on new metal, when prog rock is good, it's great. When it's not good, oh, oh, it's not good. And I always, I feel bad criticizing progressive rock and metal because, bro, that shit's really hard to play. Those are really good musicians. I'm not doubting the <laughs> musical ability, but the songwriting is just not, just such just not there. Come on. <laughs> you want, anyways, want something so, good. But they, this song does this really cool thing where... What the fuck are the, we? I'm sorry. We're on Discovery. The part where What's, he's showing what, the priest what, the guitar. Is that four or five? That's four. Okay. Now I know so where I'm at. They, the song does this really cool thing where when he's talking, the protagonist, he um, uh, it, it plays kind of like a... like Not an acoustic, but yeah, kind of like an acoustic thing. But then when the priests come in, it plays more like a hard rock thing. And I just thought that was cool. So the story of the song is he's showing them, yo, look at this sick guitar. And the priests are telling him, yeah, we know what this is. It's stupid and a waste of time. And then they break it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what, that's what they, that's so what they check tell it out. Us. It's so cool and stuff. We got computers. Fuck this ancient thing. Fuck you, kid. Go, and like, he, go learn an actual useful thing. This just like primitive man technology ha fuck you go eat go learn go actually then, do something useful go jerk off the vr porn come on we're not caveman we don't play don't, with like strings james i don't think the song said that at all <laughs> the world you know what the world is you know what this world is <laughs> But I'm adding layer. I'm adding, you know, layers to this world. What? We're just going to like, oh, yeah, we know this is bi. It's like, come on. It's like, we, it's like, come on. There's better things. What are you doing playing with this like stuff? You might as well just play with a freaking ball, like the ball in the cup. I thought you were going to say the, I thought you were going to say, uh, push the hoop with the stick down the dirt road. Yeah, go put, yeah, if you're going to do this, you might as well just push, yeah, go push the hoop. Down the road, the dirt st- with the down the dirt road, the stick. Yeah. So any- All right. What's the next one? So, well, I was gonna say then the song ends with them breaking the guitar, and you can tell when they're gonna break when they break the guitar because the song actually pulls a brief reprise of the Temples of Syrix, and Alex, the guitar player, busts out the sick, tasty solo. Good use of wah pedal. I must say, it leads into. It leads, in the, it leads into the next part called Oracle, the dream. So basically, it's a pretty ambient piece, a lot of reverb on the guitar, and the protagonist is a sad boy, and he dreams of a world where people can be free from the priest's control, free from information control, ID control, creative control. Yeah, go freaking watch the sorry, VR I didn't mean porn, to, bro. Sorry, I, sorry, Stop I didn't mean playing to do with this. your fucking guitars. Go play with your cock. 
Sorry, I don't mean to do the snake voice. It's just that, bro, there's the shit's like Metal Gear. But anyway, yeah, it's a good section. You feel the melancholy, but it's still kind of a hard rock song. Then the story takes a turn. The sixth part is called Soliloquy. So literally, this is this is actually the story. Protagonist wakes up. He's depressed that he can't be part of that world. And then he kills himself. What? Yeah. Okay. No, seriously. Well, I got he's, dark. <clears throat> he's really bummed that he can't be part of that world he dreamed of. I'm tired of jerking so off. So he kills himself. <laughs> I'm tired of jerking I want to play guitar, but... Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm not joking the rest of the part. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Where's the story uh, go, then? It's nice. It's almost a, kind of a bluesy song, but it's kind of raw, too. It leads in the grand finale, which... Okay, check this out. So... It, the grand finale picks up in tempo into something catchy. The song kind of calls back. Um, <clears throat> it, uh, it actually reprises the intro a bit, making it come full circle, as most prog rock things do. But then apparently what, what happened was another galactic war broke out, and it ends after kind of a, a big rock ending. <clears throat> you hear this voice be like, Attention all planets of the Solar Federation. Attention all planets of the Solar Federation. We have assumed control. Bow! And then the song ends. And I was like... Wait, what? <laughs> That's the story. Are you just telling me the story of a young lad? He finds an instrument. Then he gets discouraged. Then he fortunately feels like he, like, he unfortunately had to take his life. And then a galactic war broke out, and sorry, we're done with the story. Yeah, and it's funny because I what I've, kind of storytelling is that? It's like, all right, we went from I, like I've seen the I've seen the Rush dudes talk about it in interviews. And okay, so Neil Pert wrote most writes almost all their lyrics, and apparently he was really inspired by Anne Rand by famous philosophical writer who wrote Atlas Shrugged called Anne Rand, who is the mother of the Phyllis of the philosophy named objectivism. You probably don't know what I'm talking about. No, but I know about Atlas Shrug, and I know that's a very, very long book and stuff, and I understand yeah. it's philosophical. I already dude, I already dealt with one long ass story of think think and grow rich. I don't need to go into Atlas Shrug, but like uh, like out but of yeah. philosophy, <laughs> we went from a jump from like a singular person to now the whole universe is in war. Something like that. And then, uh, and yeah, Getty Lee talked about How's it. How's that help yeah. bringing guitar music? <laughs> and then Getty Lee talked about an interview once. He said something to the effect of, yeah, it's a real Hitchcock of an ending. And I was like, bro, Is I don't it? know what that. What? <laughs> That's what he said. That's a quote. It's a real Hitchcock ending. Yeah. Like so Alfred we Hitchcock. like, we focus on one person, but then we decide, all right, now we're just going to bring in every life. And it's like, all right, it's war. Sorry. Rock music. Yo, prog rock music can bring peace. Prog rock music destroyed the universe. <laughs> no, not having prog rock ha yeah. caused the end of the universe. But yeah, that's um, but twenty one twelve. The song, like the song itself, is a very awesome song. Yeah, I, I think wrote it's here. Like, I was like, hell yeah, man! This song rules. It the song and the cover, they're all iconic for a reason. It made Rush who they are. 
until for the most part. Well, the, you know, again. it's like I don't think it was their breakout though. It's like for sure early rush because because obviously they didn't break out to like I don't no, know. One it of was the a, it was a slow it was a slow incline because first album didn't really do nothing. Then Fly by Night was a decent success. This put them on the map, but what really helped them was um on their album i think this is the album before hemispheres they had a they had a they had a single called closer to the heart that was a big hit for them on the radio yes so that, closer so to the heart i was like yeah whatever that around that period and that's when actually did, rush actually like got, went somewhere yeah then they then they dropped um uh signals i think which had spirit of radio and another one or whatever and then they dropped moving pictures which had tom sawyer and limelight on it so it was a gradual build that took like 10 years but they got there hey they got there and rush i would say it's a very good sized band all right but now this, side b this yeah, isn't another like prog one song prog epic we got yeah, five um, songs unfortunately five distinguished songs a, unfortunately there's another half here um yeah unfortunately yeah so track two yeah, track two is a song called Passage to Bangkok. Okay, so the idea for the second side like of the this song does was, get this song gets radio play. I've heard this song yeah. before, but then so the rest the of the album I, doesn't. So, you know, spoiler alert. So, the idea behind the second side of the album was they thought the Rush's idea was okay, we have this one side, it's this super serious, the super serious progressive art piece, but you know what? On the second side, Let's have a let's have some songs that are that are more fun rock songs like our old stuff. So that's the idea. So passage to Bangkok. I did. I know I probably shouldn't care, but I did take issue with the fact that this song had that cliche because it's about Bangkok. It had that one music section where it's like dun 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 dun. Don't dun. worry, I like cringe that out too. It's like I don't know. Maybe <laughs> like, it's a Tommy like, it, but it's just like ah, oh, that just feels so cringy and and so unnecessary. I know. I was like, Rush, what are you doing, dog? You but just it's like, it. oh, it's 70 whatever the fuck. It's not 2020 whatever the fuck. Yeah, but yeah. So anyway, it's a nice little rock song. It harkens back to their, like I said, their Led Zeppelin cream worship stuff, which was really common at the time. Uh, it's, it's all right. It's a fun song. Uh, it's I, a radio. Like it sounds like a radio purpose song. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I, uh, I like the solo. So all right song. The third song the, is. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, so, oh, I right, just wrote sorry, down. Let me say so something about remember, the song. You gotta remember, I'm used to Ice Earth, where you didn't give a crap. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to give a crap because I'm sitting yes. here with Ice Earth. Like, okay, I can't be sitting here not saying something. I'll say something real quick. Bangkok was good. Bangkok yeah. was good. I forgot to say cock because that's a so, funny so. word. So what's after Bangkok? So. After that, um, there's the next song is called Twilight Zone. So this song was like the last one written for the album. They needed one more song, and they were fans of the show, so they wrote Twilight Zone. So by that logic alone, it's pretty filler. But honestly, I thought the song was pretty good. Wait, what? It's catch. Why are you saying what? it was like meant to be the last song? It's not the last song. No, it's not the last song. But sorry, what I said, what I meant was, um, it's it sounds like it's filler, but it was the last song written. And they, the idea was they were just fans of the show Twilight Zone. So I said by that logic, it's a filler song. But it's a, I think it's actually a pretty good song. Yeah, so I would say the song is a slow one. But you know, yeah. I would say it's also a good one. Like, so far these songs have been good. 
That was um, my quake. That was like my impression from listening to the song. I know. Great insight here. <laughs> and unfortunately, it kind of doesn't fall off, but the next song's called Lessons. The acoustic opening kind of reminded me of Dogs by Pink Floyd, which is cool. But the rest of the song was just kind of eh. It didn't really do nothing for me. It was all right when the hard rock came came in, but it never really for me personally, it never went past okay. I wrote down, I zoned out on this one. Yeah. And that was me. I was like, yeah, I zoned out and I don't care like to come back. This, this did nothing. Well, I didn't really zone out on this one. I zoned out on the next one, which is called tears. Oh, don't worry. It's I'll give you what I said on that one. That one's, that one is slow and forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. my review of tears. It's slow, it's forgettable, and just like, fuck this 40-minute vinyl format. I just wrote here, I said, you know, wasn't really feeling this one. I could concede that the music sounds nice, but it didn't grip me. So then the last song is called Something for Nothing. This one's a little better. Nothing amazing, I'll be honest. It's a fun Tra- one. You could say it has some fun to it, energy. Yeah, yeah. Because for some reason, the past three songs were just slow, melodic, trying to get some like ladies in the show songs, I guess. It's something. <laughs> but like yeah. this one had a little bit more banger, anger energy to it. I don't know what the fuck banger, anger is, but we'll just go off it. They, um, yeah, it's, um, I'll be honest, track four kind of took me out of it. And I never really recovered. But again, like he said, the song's kind of fun. Um, but honestly, you know, it almost doesn't even matter if these songs are good or not because the title track 2112 is like great. That's so. all you need. Like, that's it's, all you it's need. good enough to buy the vinyl, I guess. And like, if you're like a diehard fan, that's pretty forgiving. You can listen to the rest of the stuff. But for me, I'm not a diehard fan. 2112 is awesome, but the rest of the stuff, I can live without. But quick side so off then, life rant about myself. Wait. Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to go off a quick side rant by myself. Freaking the tape, the last like my shitty death bow band, that fucking recording we like worked on like all beginning of this year and stuff. You finally got that on tape and through a freaking actual like basement label that isn't us pressing it. And I'll pat myself on the back as douchey as it sounds, but like I guess all the other boys are pretty stoked. Like the guy had the person had the personal inventory in a store of like a hundred tapes, and we've worked through already three fourths of the tapes. So we've at least sold over like well, we've definitely sold over eighty tapes now at this moment. Holy shit! Nice. Yeah, I know, pretty so. And he did offer us of doing a vinyl pressing if we got other materials, but he's asking us to like write forty minutes. I'm like, fuck that. 40 minutes of material, <laughs> but I'm like, it's that fucking vinyl format. This is why I like this album. It like ends right before 40 minutes. It's like, it's the vinyl format, I guess. Yeah, I don't want to uh... do 40 minutes. I think you could get away from doing 40 minutes. Like, I don't know. I'm not negotiating with the guy, but I'd be sitting there. It's like, if I had to do 40 minutes, it'll, it'll take a minute to write something. I feel like I'm par deal with it. Other than that, we'll be ended up writing some bad filler. So yeah, I'll be Fuck honest. The 40 minute um... format. <laughs> I think I've gone, I know I've gone on this rant to you. I think I've gone on this rant on the show, but, um, yeah. Um, unless it's really good, kind of over the album format. I just think, well, for sure. When like during this time period, when doing like releasing music, I don't know if like these bands just weren't wanting to do short presses. Cause a lot of times like seven inches, they run pretty quick. Like sometimes they're like 10 minutes and like, you think rush can like, 
compress something good in 10 minutes? No, they, they're gonna, they're pretty overblooded. So next thing is like to, for an easy pressing on like vinyl format, you have to fill out 40 minutes. That's most likely the smoothest format for pressing. Cause if you're doing anything else, I think it, it does get a little bit more complicated there trying to get that on vinyl, but for, and for sure the smoothest is definitely you get 40 minutes. 20 minutes for each side, so. I actually think Rush could actually be able to do that just because. Well, they did. They they this, have... is what the four, this is what 2112 is. Side A is one song, which is a yeah. compilation of, like, mini songs. And then the other one's just like, all right, we'll just write, I guess, a normal album-ish. But there's, like, yeah, yeah. you could say three songs are pretty fillery, so. Exactly. Or three so... and a half, because, like, I think, like, Bangkok, Bangkok was, like, the most, like, passable for sure, the most like if I was the most brown nose, I'm like, eh, I guess the song's passable. So I uh, because Rush is a very, as you know, a very polarizing band. Uh, I asked my folks actually a couple questions about them because they fall right on both sides of the scale. Mom likes Rush. Dad hates Rush. So I asked my uh, I asked my mom first. And I asked her the first question. I, I only asked them like three questions. I asked mom, I said, so what do you think of Rush? And she says, well, they're obviously a progressive band. I didn't really get into them until moving pictures. Then I went back and listened to their old stuff. I consider them underrated for the extreme amount of talent that those three guys can produce by themselves. She says, there are bands that five pe there are bands that have five people that can't make the same quality of music as those three guys. And I thought that's very poetic. Then yeah, dude, her, power trio for the win, bro. Come on, motorhead. <laughs> power trio, bro. It's like our fucking like my neighbor that would come by Tabor. And him just goes yeah. like, man, it's the power trio. It's like uh, honestly a perfect band. Good amount of time, killer bands. It's just a power trio. And it's like, not gonna lie, I do love I do live by that power trio format pretty pretty so religiously. Then, so then I asked her, I said, What did you think of 2112? She said, very good. She said a weird thing. She said it reminded me of nature, like mountains and lakes and stuff. And I was like, oh, but then she said she'd give it a nine out of 10. She said it's probably their best album or it's at least one of. And then I asked her. Could that just that sing? Are we going off singles of like, oh, they had like a couple good songs and the rest were just like, all right. Because like if we're going off well, side, a, it's a good side. I'll tell, a. You, I'll tell you this. I've listened to every Rush album. And let me tell you, they I hate to say this. They very rarely have good full albums they have a lot of really good to great songs and most of the albums are usually really good but full cover to cover mm, hard to come by with them which is a shame because i really do think they're great musicians and then i just asked her her opinion on getty lee's voice because that's always a bit of a 50 50 of people she said it's good it fits the band so then i asked my dad and I asked him, oh, yeah, your dad's opinion, because I was actually curious about that. I'm sure your mom's nice and forgiving. Now, what's your I, dad's honest and hard opinion on I Rush? My dad, I asked my dad, what do you think about Rush? He said, they suck. <laughs> I don't like their music. Their music is too high strung. You've got that singer that with that high pitched voice of his, he sounds like a witch. I could never get into it. Plus, when your brothers were growing up, they play, uh, they always wanted to play uh, Tom Sawyer on my on my eight track in the car, <laughs> or whatever, or whatever the tape players in the cars used to be. 
They so could, then I well, asked, they could be cassette or eight tracks, either or. So then I asked him, well, what do you think of 2112? He said, I can't even remember what songs were on it. And then I asked him, then, Deb, why do you, and this is true, why do you have a sealed copy of a sealed mint condition vinyl of 2112 in your vinyl collection and you won't open or sell it? And then he said, because I was hoping it might be worth a lot of money one day, but it's not because they suck. And I and then I and then I Googled 2112 vinyls and I told him, I said, uh, Dad, these usually start at like between 250 and $300. And he went, holy crap. I, I guess mean, it has uh, value because here's the thing. I'm sure there's like, you know, a modern reissue, but he has is, like yeah. what doesn't he have now? What is that press though? Like, I'm curious to like about that press I've, itself. I've, I've what, seen it. Where it's, is it? It's the original. It's the original. From the 1970s? I haven't looked at it in a long time, but it's an original, original vinyl. I'm fucking curious about that. What is that fucking running well, on like okay. Discogs? Okay. Got a bitch. I've seen. I, I'm sorry, like I listeners. Said, you're hearing I, beeps. I heard. Uh, I looked on a couple places. I didn't like go on full websites. Just going by general Google results. But yeah, somewhere between two and three hundred dollars is the starting price for a sealed twenty one uh, twenty one twelve. Which is uh, yeah. I told him. I, I've tried. I've been trying to convince him for years. I'm like, Dad, you don't even like Rush. Just give the album to me, and he always. I'll frame it. I'll put it somewhere. I like Rush, and he's. Sorry, listeners, for some reason we dropped off as I was researching for the vinyl prices, but honestly, that'd be dead radio. But you know what? Fuck that. Let's get this over with. <laughs> we got a shitty movie to talk about. Like, we're just oh, avoiding God. the inevitable. Let's just get into this fucking goddamn movie. What did we watch, my home, my homie? This is called What Beyond are the What Wall. are we going to talk about that's going to punish the listeners' ears or entertain them as you hear suffering in our voices? See, this, there was this joy movie, in me talking about like the weird world of like Rush's Twin One Twelve, but now we're gonna talk about fucking Steven Seagal as he pumps out his movies from his weird Russian production company, where all the fucking male actors are like past the age of fifty. You know, this movie—it's a movie like this that makes you think. Okay, these last three movies we watched. Cradle, Exit Wounds, Romeo. They had good and bad moments, but they were still enjoyable. I mean, the action was all right, but mostly because of Anthony Anderson. But like, they're decent popcorn flicks. I could probably watch brain junk food. They're like enjoyable brain junk food. It's like you know you can hang out and enjoy this. But this movie though, no. And my and my thing is is like on the entertainment arts thing. I've always gravitated more towards video games and then music in that order now obviously i play music but i've always loved film and the art of movies and making movies and i think of like my favorite movies but of some all dudes time. go hard in the fucking yeah. art of film and, and here's well, my obviously thing. not I, like quentin tarantino hard where you worked in a freaking like video store oh God, and just went yeah. fucking ham but you almost like, sound out of touch because you're like you're saying digital's <laughs> the death of film but digital's yeah. allowing like this fucking like the freedom to actually make movies on a Dude, like smaller budget the, because film is like expensive as hell. Did you know what's funny about that? Is that Hideo Kojima actually the other day just went on an anti-digital rant because <laughs> he's a movie buff. But anyway, I think I like my favorite movies of all time, like Wally, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and the original Halloween, Dark Knight, and it's movies like Beyond the Law. 
that can make you hate movies. This movie's just bad. There's no, there's, there's almost nothing redeeming about it. It's not even a so bad it's good movie. This is just bad. It's a bad movie. It's a really bad movie. It's, it's an, it's an insult to the great films that made the art medium what it is. This is Beyond the Law, starring Steven freaking Seagal. Let's go. He's like ish. Like he's on the center cover, but he does not. He ain't even the. He ain't the central oh, character. Oh, I'll get to that. You bet your ass. I'm gonna get to that. Yeah, that so, fucking donut goatee. Weird. That weird donut goatee of his. So we open up. See, you know what pisses me off about that goatee is that that's it looks like a fucking donut. It's almost the goatee I have. Which I hate because I don't want to. You got a donut goatee? I thought you had like everywhere. You have like fur all over your freaking chin. No, I do, but. He only has fur around his like his lips. So we open up with like, dude, this movie opened up so stupid. We open up with like. It just opened up looking cheap. They got a shitty like a minivan. Yeah, we, we opened up before that though. The very start of the movie, we opened up with like. 20 logos for for film companies that look like they're like shell organizations for organized crime it's like do you see these names status media entertainment bonded with like a ripoff abc logo ufo unidentified film organization wonder film then we get to the movie the shitty minivan pulls up in an alleyway and dudes with shotguns and ski masks walk out into this warehouse they go in the building there's really clunky editing. There's an unnecessary first-person view shots. There's dudes in there. They shoot them. There's this really there's really obvious dubbing when one guy gets shot. And they corner one guy and get this line delivery. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't want you don't want to do this, guys. They're gonna find you, man. You're <laughs> making a big they're gonna you're making a big mistake. You don't know whose money you're taking. It's like they pulled out of a hat. Of like, what's some cliche cryptic crap whoa, whoa, that we can whoa, just whoa. say? Well, what what are you doing? Do, then, you, do you understand whose money you're taking? They're going to find you. And then the then guy the, comes up. Yeah, I know whose money is. It's mine. He's like, sure, I, I do. Mine. And then he shoots the guy. And then we get another company logo. It says, Cynodyne presents a status media entertainment production. And yeah, they show the credits. <laughs> By the way, could I know. Listen, we're two minutes into the film but I already need to detour. I Googled these companies. They sound like sketchy Russian companies. Let me tell you something. Whenever we eventually, whenever we eventually get to Brett Michaels and we finish the rock of love thing and put it behind us for, and put Brett Michaels behind us forever, unless somehow, some way he shows up in something else. We have, we have eons of great fodder for us. With some of the movies these companies put out, not going to list all of them, but okay. So spe- specifically for Status Media, some standout ones were this cow- these two cowboy movies called like Traded and Hickcock, starring Trace Adkins. Then some cheesy action movies named Checkmate Operator. Oh, and then get this, get the ti- look at the title for this one. The title is the number four. The word got. And then the number 10. Forgot 10? Ha 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 Oh, and then lastly. Oh, God damn it. I actually like, I was like, <laughs> forgot 10. And I'm like, oh, forgotten. What the fuck? And, and lastly. God damn it. And then lastly, American Violence, which has a supporting role from Gronkowski. <laughs> what? 
then I Google bond it. It looks like they, they, they have some standout ones. A shitty horror cowboy movie named Pale, The Pale Door. A train robbery goes wrong. Private Life of a Modern Woman, which has Alec Baldwin, but a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Three shitty Bruce Willis looking, looking Bruce Willis movies. Hard to Kill. Tr- no, Hard Kill. Not Hard to Kill. Hard, hard kill. kill. Is that like Die Hard? Uh, Trauma Center, which is not related to the dope video game series. Oh, and look at this. Cosmic Sin. It's a sci-fi movie that has 3% on Rotten Tomatoes. God. UFO, I couldn't even find. That one just straight up has to be some weird shell company. Wonder Film, though. Oh, bro, best for last. There's a couple bad-looking ones, like some random Nicolas Cage thriller, but I'm going to cut to the last one that looks interesting. It's a movie starring John Travolta, directed by fred durst i think i heard about this movie yeah it's called the fanatic john travolta plays plays a fanboy with autism was he a fanboy for limp biscuit i don't know i i'm like i'm like john travolta's a scientologist i'm pretty sure he doesn't even believe in autism yo i'm just gonna avoid the fred durst suit because that's just gonna go in the dark path of like yo fred durst fred durst's weird look breaking the internet his new oh dad god! Look. Yeah, everyone was talking about. I was that. just like, "God damn it, dude!" Ugh. You know, it's better than that crappy giant beard he was rocking from like 2012. Oh yeah, where no one cared. So well, he was incognito, the- but now I was like, "All right, I'm about to look like a 70s." By the way, by the way, in, by the way, in 2021, we still don't have the Golden Cobra. It's coming every. It's coming soon. I thought that was that last album. No, or I forget what the name of the. Whatever, they're still the trying one. to do a new album. I guess who cares. It's- so you know, West Borland's. Whoa, a I really, guess it's better than fucking talking about this movie, but you know, West Borland's a good guitarist. He deserves better than. Limp uh, he has lots of money with uh, Limp Biscuit. I think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> True. So back to the movie. I think these guys that robbed the place earlier pull up somewhere else. Looks like a house, or I thought it was a club, but it's actually a house. It's a house party. He tells some kid to wash the money at the house party. I'm like. Yo, was DMX here? But no, this is Steven Seagal's house, I guess. Or something. Yes, the- that's right. Because like freaking right after they like jacked all the money, that guy like tells some kid to watch his money in a very he aggro walked- tone. Oh, and then like the Steven Seagal then appears and he requests. Yeah. I just wrote down Steven. I just wrote down Seagal appears fat and all and requests a yes. meeting. I guess it's some He's weird like- college party house thing with red oh, yeah, solo he, he, cups. He asks someone. He's like, what are all these kids doing here? His lackey tells him, oh, it's prom night. And he goes, prom night. And that's it. Yeah. I was, th- I was thinking to myself, Steven Seagal's probably thinking, prom night. I usually take my girlfriends to those. <laughs> okay. So after well, this weird out, scene where so it's yeah. like, oh, so hey, he Steven Seagal's in the movie. You might want to so watch he- it. So he goes to talk to this guy named, who I guess did the robbery named Greg. And then we cut to what looks like a completely different house. Seagal tells him, by the way, I'm going to tell you all now, the editing in this movie is horrible. The pacing's horrible. It doesn't seem too bad now, but just wait till we get past like the 30 minute mark. You'll see. So Seagal tells him, you know that I know that for quite some time, the numbers haven't been adding up. And you know that I know that this is all a result 
of you fucking me. So here's what I'm finna do. I'm willing to let you keep all the money that you secretly acquired. And I'm gonna look the other way. I'm like, what? Yeah, what? So so then here's the thing to also know too. Because there's like this, I don't know, like a podcast or something on YouTube called Come Town. And like this dude, there was like this. <laughs> what? I don't know, but there was like a, it seems like some like, po- it sounds like a podcast thing where there's like edited where this dude's talk, talking about like, yeah, I've been watching all these like freaking straight to like video or straight to Netflix, like Steven Seagal movies of like recent with him and his donut goatee. Here's the things you need yeah. to know us about like his films recent. There's only like maybe like one or two scenes of him standing. All of us yes. mostly done him sitting down. I was going to comment on that later. And here's yes. the thing. I don't know. That it was either when he did that movie with like one of the Wayans brothers back then or for uh, some reason him being a now like freaking blues shredding guitar man. He now has huh. a jive talking like he has like he like talks and jive. Um, yes, yeah, it's just weird. Thing. A jive like- accent or like jive. Oh, fuck. God damn it. What is a word to put there? A jive, like it, like a, like an accent, a cadence, a cadence. Yes, yeah. His weird and job, listen, a cadence. We sitting there, re- like you motherfucker. Where's it's really my weird. Money? It's really weird Steven because Seagal. he sort of. It's really weird because he sort of talked like that, but it, it used to be this weird thing where, like, we watched Exit Wounds. Right? He'd be like, he he'd just be like, "Who's in charge of this circus?" But in this movie, he'd be like. Who's in charge of this circus? Who's in charge of this circus? I'm like, what are you? It's like he's it's like he's trying to sound Creole. <laughs> Creolan? Yeah, yeah, you know the the New Orleans dudes. Yeah, I know that's something to notice out. Like, I guess it's a common thing with these movies. He's fat. He you mostly know sits down a, and he talks in like Blues Brother. Like, you know what hey, else brother, is a common the theme? Fuck? You know what else is a common theme, or, or at least it's a meme? It's that no one knows what the hell Steven Seagal is. No one can tell if he's, like, Mexican or Italian or Asian. No one knows his ethnicity, and he's, like, never revealed it, I think. Steven Seagal is, like, a weirdly secretive person. But anyway, so, yeah, Steven Seagal tells the guy, I'm going to let you go. But then Greggs asks him, are you going to kill me? And Seagal's like, yeah. What? So the scene then clubs to a cuts to a club. I think the fuck. So we go to this club, and then we see this drunk little shit get kicked out, and he says a very pouty motherfucker. Yeah, seriously. So kid like just gets kicked out of the strip club. He's begging to try to get in, but the bouncer's like, "Uh, no." He's like, "Motherfucker, motherfucker." So he goes home, and there's this dude waiting for him, just sitting on his couch. He's not even that surprised when he sees him. He just goes, what are you doing here? And what then he goes, are you doing here? And then the guy goes, whose whose name is, we find out it's Dev, Desmond. I just wrote down Aggro Kid. Oh, that's fair. I just wrote down, so we got Dipshit Kid. He goes, obviously kicks out of the strip club. He's denied return in. He goes home. He goes, pops in his house, and he's like, oh, hey, here's a dude here. And then he realized, oh, wait. I think it's the kid and the dude that went and stole the money. So this dude's here to collect his money that they got from the heist. And Desmond's like, hey, Chance. Boo. (laughs) And there's a pause. Boo. You want a beer or something? I'm like, this dialogue sucks. You want a beer or something? 
So he so so uh, um, Chance gets a beer, and we see there's another guy in there, and then and then uh, Agro dude goes up to him. He's like, "Where's my money, Chance?" And then Chance is like up there. He like points to the ceiling in the kitchen, but there's a phone up there for some reason. And then this bad guy has the kid beaten. Then eventually kill. It's actually it's, it's it's kind of uncomfortable. Not because the movie wants me to be uncomfortable, but just because it's just really just fucked up. They just uh, he he puts the gun in his mouth and like savors it for a moment, then shoots him execution style. And then his guards like, you think he could have found it? And then Agro dude goes, who gives a fuck? And then I just wrote here, evil. <laughs> all right it's like, I, I just know it's like freaking yeah like they beat the shit out of this kid the money's gone so it's like all right this kid's a total dipshit they freaking shoot him executioner style but then we get a weird like blood splatter on the wall where it's like an m's being drawn it's like yeah i, I don't think blowing someone's brains out is gonna look like that and it's like wait why'd you do that i was like all right little squeeze little like catch a ball squeeze and i'm just yeah. like fuck this movie's bad so then, oh my god! So then, this is really where the shitty yeah. I don't know what the next thing is. Nonsensical scenes. Oh, I'll tell you. No, I so don't know, cut- dude. Like literally, this is what I have notes. Weird M-shaped blood splatter. Then my next bullet point is Seagal shoots a gun and talks business. What the fuck yeah. happened? So we cut to Steven Seagal shooting at a target at target practice. That's hitting right. A, hitting a dead center, by the way. The look on his fat face as he's firing up, the brother? gun. I know how to shoot a gun. The look on his target, no problem. The look on his fat face as he's firing that gun looks like he's like just giving all the effort in the world to hold and shoot that thing and stand. The cronies, a crony really? comes in because he, he looks like he holds the gun like it's just like it's a paperweight and he's like plot plot plot. Like he always holds a gun very lazily. He it's mostly it's like he rests his elbows on his gut and then it's just like he's just shooting a gun. <laughs> Well, there's a lot to rest on. Yes, there is. So a crony of his comes in. He goes, boss, I got a new supplier. Can you meet her tonight? And he goes, nah, I got to clean up the house, but I'll meet with her tomorrow. Crony goes, I'll arrange that. Cool. Cool. He shoots the target once and then the scene transitions. I'm like, what's this pacing? This was like a 20 second scene. Okay. Yeah. It's like, cool. Seagal shoots gun and talks business. So then we cut to homeless tents and a dude selling drugs. We see, uh, we see from the back a bald black dude approach them, and then he flashes a badge, and I'm like, "Yo, it's DMX!" He hey, the reason why we're watching this movie. He knocks I out guess. one guy. He knocks out one guy. Pulls a gun out on the other, and he goes, "Freeze, motherfucker!" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's DMX." Unfortunately, that's like the only time he's like that. So yeah, he has like DMX voice. So old dude, and he's older DMX too. He's got like well, this thing. This movie came out in 2019. That's two years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought this DM- was like this movie was done in like 2014, but when I realized it's 2019, I'm like, oh god, this that only means this is gonna be horrible. Dude, like, old DM old DMX looks mean, bro. I mean, DMX looks mean anyway. Yeah. But there's something about old DMX. He just looks, he just looks mean. So, literally, what I say next happens in five seconds okay he holds up the guy he says you have the right to remain silent he gets a call he says this is detective months and then bam we cut to a crime scene i'm and like DMX what is, is this there. yeah no dmx is now at the house where the freaking like a uh, doofus kid got shot with the m splutter yeah. blood and everything and he's like 
Who wanted you dead, kid? And then we cut to a dude fishing in the forest. Like yeah. some weird shitty little pond. Some dude just this, shift like fishing. This dude that lives in the woods, he coughs up blood, which goes nowhere. And there's like newspapers on the window. He's chilling. He goes in his house. Then we hear a car roll up. DMX shows up. There's an older black man with him. We don't really who we don't learn who this guy is till later. I, I thought he was like DMX's partner or something. He tells the dude. I've been X tells him I've been looking for you for a long no sorry old black dude says he's been looking for you for a long time then X and him talk he's like Forrest dude's like are you here to arrest me X says no I'm afraid I got some bad news I assume I wrote here I assume he's gonna tell I'm assuming that this is the kid's dad but we don't see him tell him because then right away we cut to them in an X's car you just and, like assume it's like okay I guess this is the kid's dad or something. Yeah, I just know. Yeah, like I can tell you this, friggin' now at a lake, we have a dude fishing in his cabin. He walks in, he coughs up some blood. Okay, so his health is shit. He hears a car rolls up, DMX appears, and he tells him some news. Then we get to like Steven Seagal gets a oh, phone call. No, no, you miss you miss like a minute of stuff because it happens. A so minute? Fast. Oh, well, how much did they pack in a minute? That's so valuable. Well, well, DMX and him are in a car. Uh, DMX establishes, I heard you were like a badass cop. And then he doesn't talk. And then this lasts for maybe 30 seconds. And then we talk to Steven Seagal getting a call, getting told uh, Chance didn't come to work the other night. Then we cut back to the forest guy identifying Chase's body because it turns out forest guy was his, is his dad. And X says, no parents should outlive their kids. Forrest goes, how did it happen? I swear, oh God, these dudes are so old. <laughs> like fuck, dude. X wasn't too old. To do he this wasn't thing. even. He wasn't even fifty at this point. I He's think. all grayed out, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, prison so then, and IRS, I'm sure, makes you get old. So, and doing Seagull movies ain't gonna help. Aren't gonna help life either. God. But it pays, I guess. So X tells him how he died, and they have no identity, but he's on it. Then we cut to Chase's funeral. By the way, I need to tell you guys, because I didn't realize this till later, I wrote Then We Cut To a lot, but it's because none of these scenes have time. From this point on, almost none of these scenes have time to breathe. There's no real beginning. There's no real end. You just cut to a scene. There's something happening and then just cut to another scene. Cut. It's like you're watching a YouTube video or something. It's just cuts, 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 cuts. It, it, it One, it makes note-taking kind of a pain in the ass, but also most of these scenes, nothing really important happens. Well, it's a combination of plot happens, but it's just they're over so quick. It's, it's really bizarre. I hate how this movie's edited. Yeah, it's horrible. We, we cut to Chase's funeral. Priest says a prayer. And I paused to take these notes and I wanted to cry because I looked at the time. And at this point, we're only 15 minutes into this movie. I almost texted you, James, I can't do this. This is too bad. I'm like, fuck you. I already did this. I already reviewed this. Eat shit. Cowboy up, son. Hey, I had to listen to Pearl Jam. Yeah. Well, I well, it's you, you want to be stuck with me listening to Pearl Jam with you there? Yeah, that was my bad. I totally forget. I totally spaced on that one. I apologize. Drop. I would off. rather listen to Pearl but Jam. I tried listening to Pearl Jam. I tried. I tried, tried, but I didn't have enough time. 
I would want to hang out. But I realized it would just nothing nothing would have happened. I I would rather listen to Pearl Jam than watch this movie. So then, oh, you're not wrong on that one. I can kind of share the same vibes too. This movie's a like total waste of time. So then Forest Guy is there with old black guy. By the way, we know we learn I know I remember Forest Guy's name, but I wrote him here as Forest Guy. So I wrote him down as Angry Dad. Fair. So so, so we're angry, at a funeral, for, I think. Angry yeah, angry for guy says a prayer, they bury him. For angry forest dad is with the old black guy. They talk for a few like this seconds. old black guy is fucking ancient. Yeah, he's like, dude, you don't look like you should be walking around. What are you doing? You look barely alive. He looks like he he uses a walker to get around. Dude, the guy's barely. The guy looked like he was barely alive. Why is the goal like forget? This is torture on the fucking old. What is the goal doing with these people? Ironically, he moves better than Seagal. Oh yeah, Skull's fat. (laughs) So there's this. So then. Uh, after they talk, there's a random girl there named Charlotte. Yeah, we just I got get- a random fucking chick there. I was like, okay. And here's the thing. They talk for a few minutes. We find out they knew each other. They say it later, but it's implied they were in a relationship. But like, Well, it's like she just says like she worked at a casino, and he's like, well, how do you know my kid? And it's like, oh, he was he kind of like popped in my casino and was pretty addicted to playing poker. And I'm like, yeah, I can Gambling addiction. I'm like, oh, snap. I'm like, was this me? Did I get shot in the mouth by by an evil man but no yes but here's the weird thing yeah, about this evil movie. This fat is, man wait no this is when I, or evil fat man's wh- kid yeah this is when i found this is when i found out that the guy's name's frank so from here on out i have him written as frank he starts asking her a bunch of questions but dude did you notice he's standing like really 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 close to her their faces are really close together and she's like backed up against a tree. This movie is so bad. I have expected them I have expected them to just cut away to them just fucking somewhere. He looked like he was going to pounce on her or something. He he kinda, he he looked hungrier than when Jet Li was looking at Aaliyah's uh, head in the in Romeo Must Die like it was a donut when she was crying about her brother. Yeah. You can go He's listen done. to our last podcast where you mentioned that. I kind of space. It's been a couple fi- days. So I just remember yeah. that's just a weird analogy. I'm like, wait, is Jet Li stoned out? But whatever. This guy is uncomfortably close to this lady, Charlotte, as he's so like he interrogating out. her about like, how you know my son? So well, he like had a he really said, shitty, gruffy voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like the kind of voice... Because I guess I'm just referencing Metal Gear a lot this episode. It's like the I kind of voice so. that you played some Metal Gear. You're on a Metal Gear kick. It, it's the kind of voice that people use to do a bad snake impression. Like that's just what it sounded. It was just it was just weird. Late '90s, early 2000s, anti-hero gruff cop voice. All right, so next okay. thing to be awkward. Yeah, then we cut to so a go memo. gets a call about the he's kid. Sit- he's or sitting a dude on investigating ass. on him. He's sitting on his ass in a limo. It's at the funeral, actually. And then, yeah, there's like, yeah, uh, Chance was murdered, and he tells him who did it. Then we cut to for, uh, Frank at his house, and he loads a clip into a gun. Then, this was weird. He takes a, he goes outside, takes a tarp off to reveal a motorcycle. Then he drives to the old black dude's house yeah, to, the borrow ancient his one. Truck, to borrow his truck. Oh, and you want to hear, people, some great dialogue. Check this out. Fuck. How long's it been since you shot a man, Frank? Been a minute. Because that's a duffel bag full of guns you got there. What you going to do with all those? Call them negotiation tactics. And then the black guy goes, shit. 
That's what he does. He goes, yeah. he goes, shit. Shit. Yo, who and wrote Frank, this dialogue? And then Frank goes, yeah. And then he takes the truck. Cut to a car rolling up to a building. Then cut to some of the worst dialogue delivery I've ever seen. Like, Seagal's bad, of course, but this woman... Oh, yeah, this we're like at Seagal for some reason. He means... Oh, God. This dialogue was horrible. Oh, so God. It was Steven, just like, what the fuck? So, Steven Seagal is sitting on his ass drinking whiskey or something, and I think smoking a cigar. The lady said... He talks to the lady... We just got rid of a long time supply of a lifelong supplier. And then she says, lifelong I fat my, and then she says, I wrote here in my notes, bad at levels of acting like worse than porn. I said, she says, my family has been in the business a really long time. My family has been you, in business really a long time. I think you should try us. You should try uh, us. And then Seagal says, well, volume. How about volume? You, you How about volume? You got a lot of product. You got pause. a lot of product. <laughs> and then pause. 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 You better give then me she's, a solid robotic then, voice. Then she says, but no, then she says, you know what you want. And then he goes, all right, babe. And then she leaves. What the fuck? Yeah, for reals. What the fuck? Like, I can't do it justice. I almost you know what you want. Uh -huh. Oh, by the by the way, I, I'm so mad. Uh, I, I still have my PS4 on. I have, I have like a dragon loaded up. I'm not playing some reading notes, but I'm going on YouTube real quick because I saw something that pissed me off. This was another movie. <clears throat> this was another movie I had to pay for. It was only like two. It was only like three bucks, whatever. But so I typed in Beyond the Law today when I woke up to go watch it. And there's and, a Charlie Sheen movie. Oh, not even that. Well, yes, not even that. But then I saw someone uploaded, someone uh, at sev several people uploaded Beyond the Law on YouTube for free. I didn't even see it until after I already rented the thing. I didn't buy it. I'm not going to own this. But yeah, it, it, it was on YouTube for free. I was so angry. <laughs> You're just done. I gave Steven Seagal money. Why did you? Because I listen. They don't have an app for Tubi on the PS4. I don't want to go back and forth between between the screen and my notes and stuff. So and 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 I, so I and I don't want to use that or Daily Motion. I would say I have an app for. It wasn't on Netflix. I had no choice, James. Uh, yep, you're not <laughs> like me setting up a laptop and a projector. Yeah, I don't have a projector. Well, you don't need a projector. I'm, you got a giant fucking God, TV. I'm, God, I'm yelling a lot and I'm at home and like my mom's trying to watch like the Olympics and my dad's cooking. The Olympics chicken, are still so. going? I thought they were done. Nah, dude. 2020 Olympics in 2021. Well, Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. Where the so fuck yeah, are we? So, oh, yeah. Seagal gets so she called. Leaves. Oh, yeah. Then his, then his buddy leans to his ear. He goes, We have to talk about Desmond. And then he goes, And then Seagal goes, Ah, son. Again, and then the scene ends. Cut to Forest Man in a cafe. Sorry, Frank in a cafe or Angry he Dad. I just wrote down Angry Dad, sad in diner. He sees it. He they they try to throw in some. They try to throw in some depth to the movie because he hallucinates seeing his dead son. But then a waitress comes over to pour him coffee, and 
again, one of the worst line deliveries I've ever heard. She goes, she normally when people come up to a, to ask you if you want coffee, they go, they go, coffee, sir, or top you off, or hey, you need me to top you off. But she walks up to him, and this is how she asks him. She goes, Hey, can I top you off? Like, what is that? Have you never ordered coffee? And she, whatever, she pours him coffee, hallucination's gone. The actor doesn't even really sell the hallucination. Then a random woman Come on, he's a hard and fucking dude, badass, bro. You're gonna sell fucking ghosts for shit. Then a random woman joins him. I just, I forgot, I think I got her name, but I just wrote her down as lady friend. I have it's just like some lady comes in and is concerned about him, and he talks about his coming rampage. Yeah, he's like, huh, rampage. So we find out his wife's been dead for a while, and then she did she said she'll hook him up with a district attorney friend, but she never actually does. Then we cut to Frank going to an alley. Wait, right? She's some like investigator. What we know, guessing from what we've gotten from the story, this dude's a former cop. Yes. This lady might have been a cop investigator thing, but now she's a private investigator. But she still yeah. has friends that are like DA. DA. Yeah. Then we cut to Frank going to an alleyway. He meets a guy. Literally, he's Jinx. just walking the streets. I'm like, okay. Yeah. He meets some tatted up biker dude. And then you can take Oh, it my there. God. This guy. So he says. <clears throat> so the biker dude, Jinx, yells. Motherfucker, you playing evidence on me. I did three years. This guy, by the way, is a tatted up boomer with a biker vest with a giant First Amendment patch on the back. Yeah. So Frank says, way I remember it, you sold dirty drugs to some kids who OD'd and died, and the jury didn't convict. Then the guy goes, hey, it's a free country, motherfucker. He says, he says fucker like, this is like a two-minute scene. He says fucker like 20 times. I wrote, by the way, I fucked up on my notes. I wrote here, hey, it's a tree country, motherfucker. It's a tree country, motherfucker. Yeah, and then like, he just starts like, it's like, you know what? And then he's like, and then the biker dude tries to fight him, and then but Angry Dad's got moves, and then he's just fighting him, <laughs> and all these like yeah, geeks that are he there. Be he beats them up, and then Frank says, Thanks for nothing. And leaves. Well, okay. To be fair, he actually says, next time I call, give me something. But then he says, thanks for nothing and leaves. And then I wrote here, what the fuck? And then we cut to a different alley with dudes and hookers. Well, it's like out. he goes to a building and it's like, oh, hey, there's like a dude that's like a casual drug dealer and some dude that's a pimp outside. But this yeah. place is, is like kids' place, and God, this movie's bad. And I guess there's some <laughs> shitty. I guess there's some, and I guess this place some shitty apartment thing. And he kind of just said, "Oh, it's he funny." Did he, a, he walks past the hookers, and well, like, he does like a fucking job. He just kind of part. He just yeah. runs up the drug dealers. They do is like, "Hey, you almost hit me. What's going on?" And he got and the ladies like, go like, "Hey, up. you want some? You and want some?" Like, no. And he just goes, and, and he just <laughs> he just does a like, mumble no. growl. He just mumble and growls. Like, and, and, it just, and they're like, fuck you, pussy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck you, pussy. It's like, okay. God, this movie's horrible. So he goes inside, and he's like, I want a room. Because I thought this was a hotel at first, but it's an apartment. I want a room. And the hotel receptionist guy, he gives him a room, and he's like, what about the one that killed the kid was killed? And he's like, why would you want a dead guy's apartment? That's, what he, that's how he says it, too. He's like... It was my kids. So yeah, Chance lived there. He requests the room he had. He goes in there, takes him in. He to like look gets around. this like room for it for, with cash. I'm like, that's not how yeah. getting an apartment works, but okay. 
Yeah, it takes a while. What is the city? This unnamed you got, city. You've got interviews, screenings, leases. Yeah. So anyway, flashback so yeah. to Angry Dad and the kid having yeah. an argument as the dad convinces his kid not to go into whatever city because it's sketch or something. It's like, the city's going to fuck you up. But yeah, I'll let you take in the details. I actually didn't get dialogue from this because oh. I got dialogue for other scenes. But basically, it's a thing of like, hey, don't go to the city. He's like, I want to because he's a whiny little shit. He's like, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want, want to. to. I don't want to live out here. Nature sucks. I want yeah, to go to the city. It's like, they that's play up, <laughs> sorry. They play up Angry Dad and Old Black Man as like hicks because they live out in the woods. But like. They're not really hicks. They just they don't even live. They just they're live not out like in the, nature. They just live out in, the, in nature. That doesn't make them hicks. But whatever. Whatever. So this yeah, kid, like this kid's like a piece of shit though. Not gonna lie. It's like fuck. Yeah. Then we then we, we get that flashback. Then he dreams of his dead son coming to life. Then he goes in the kitchen to wash his face. Then he finds the. This was weird. He finds the phone that Chance saw earlier in the movie, which is somehow not out of battery because it's like in the ceiling. He uses it to call some dude playing poker with his friends, which is the guy that killed him. Yeah, and he's I just, like, it's like that. Like, yeah, some dudes call it. I just know it's like, fuck. Where is like now? Some dude's telling a story of super pussy. Oh god, this or was, was a so joke cringy. about sub, uh, super. It was a. It was a joke about a woman with dementia. Who would go around the old folks' home to all the guys' rooms, and she'd lift up her dress and go, super pussy, super pussy. I'm like, what? What? What's this? That that wasn't funny. That wasn't even offensive. Well, it's, or like, it's just like, and then like the punchline's like, <clears throat> uh, I'll just take the soup. Okay. Wow. This now movie I get any, oh, yeah, oh my god, this movie sucks, dude. This movie sucks. <sighs> Bad. So then, so then he calls him, and then he's like, and then uh, Frank is like, "Who is this?" Guy's silent. And he's like, "Let me try this again. I'm Chance's father." Then the guy hangs up. Cool dude. I just wrote down Angry Dad calls the super pussy guy. I think was it like no? Was it Agro Kid that like? No, it was Agro Kid. He called. De I'm pretty sure he called Desmond. Yeah, but did he tell the super pussy story or was it like his fucking? No, goofy that was friend? That, he, that was a goofy friend. Okay, we cut to a casino, which is ends up being the casino that. Um, oh, dude! I wrote Chance down this is some sad looking casino. Like no one's there. It's not even a casino. It looks like a club. Yeah, but it's like, dude, there's like no one there. But the lady from the funeral, Charlotte, is there. <laughs> And I just Frank, ang yeah. angry he dad talks. questions her about the contact. And the and lady said the kid chant like the kid like his kid chance was like a kind of a dumbass, sketchy kid with a gambling yeah. addiction. And okay, where the fuck am I? He got in debt playing cards, and that's most likely what killed him. Charlotte talks to him, he's like, Look, I liked him, but you don't you didn't even know him. Everyone in here has a bad story about him. And then Frank's like, Well, then why'd you stay with him? And then she just leaves. By the way, I'm gonna complain about this now. This movie keeps trying to do this thing where they keep trying to point out that Frank is like a terrible person. He was a dirty cop and he was an asshole and a bad father. We never see him being a bad father. We never really hear stories of him being a cop. If anything, when he first introduced him, they made it out like he was a badass renegade cop. But then they're like, no, he was a crooked cop. And it's like, we never see it. And they keep talking about, oh, you're going to go on this rampage to get justice. And like, he doesn't rampage at all. 
He barely rampages. But the thing is, like, then he's, like, walking out of the casino and the bartender recognizes him. And it's like, oh, hey, yeah. I never got and his he, name, but I was just more like, what kind of fucking bartender is giving drinks in red solo cups? What is this I, casino? I wrote What the fuck here. is this? Is this, like, a ghetto-ass underground casino? Or is this, like, we don't have the budget for actual glasses, well, so you gotta, we'll just use well, you gotta solo rem- cups. You got to remember, Charlotte did say this bar had no name. But yeah, I didn't get this bartender's name, but I wrote here, if he's going to pour vodka in a red party cup, I don't want to know about this man. So There's no need to know about this man. So Forrest Man, Angry Dad asks him um, about the Razor Room, which actually, I'm stupid. This place does have a name. It's called, no, I'm sorry. Tells him about a bar called the razor room and where it is and he's like well who's this guy and bartender's like oh that's a guy named desmond so then we cut to desmond at the bar really and he's whoa wait huh at a bar or no like i wrote down seagulls at a goes to a proper looking bar with actual glasses well still it's a bar steven's uh, we and this is where we learn he's steven seagal's kid because steven seagal's here to talk to him he walks over and sits down on the bar stool and this <laughs> he sits I'm gonna down. paraphrase I'm gonna paraphrase the dialogue because I don't know who wrote this script but for some reason they saw fit to give Steven Seagal like several monologues yep. and he goes on one here and in paraphrase he's like I want you to open up to me I don't talk about myself but I love you and I'd step in front of a motherfucking bullet for you I can't teach you if you don't listen. So Desmond's like, I listen. And to summarize, Seagal says, stop this criminal shit. You lose these criminal friends or you're going to get yourself killed. Then Desmond's basically like, Desmond's basically like, okay, boomer. And then the combo ends. Yeah, I just, yeah, I wrote down like the Seagal jive talk is strong. And there's only (laughs) been like one or two scenes, I guess, where we don't have them sitting. And then, yeah, it ends with the son kind of not saying anything. This really so doesn't do much. It's just the so goal, like, doing cool dude dialogue. He's trying to so save face for some god-odd reason. So then Frank goes to the razor room looking for Desmond. He gets solicited by a stripper, but turns him down. Then he finds Desmond. This is why I think that this is the bar that Seagal and him were talking at. He goes to Desmond, and he gets him to a secluded location, which means they just go outside and basically, the scene goes like this. He asks him about Chance. Desmond says he doesn't know him. And then he says, and then he says uh, uh, that uh, Chance had called you. And Desmond says, a lot of people have my number. I'm popular. Then Frank just straight up goes and says, you killed my son. And Desmond says, bruh. He said, bro, you can get killed, okay? This is my city. And he tries to flash a gun, but in a, in a moment that was actually a redeeming moment for this movie, Frank just takes the gun and it just pistol whips Desmond right in the nose. And then takes his I'll, gun. I'll say this. This is actually one good thing or entertaining thing about the movie. Desmond, the bad guy's main, the main bad guy's character arc, his whole gimmick is... He wants to be taken seriously, but no one takes him seriously, and everyone talks to him and treats him like he's a chump. And it's really entertaining. So yeah, what I could tell, what I have my notes from the scene is that we got angry dad. He goes to what we open up to as we figure out Desmond, but I'll tell you, it was like angry dad goes to cocaine and strippers club. 
Because <laughs> we just open up with like a pile of white powder and like strippers. Yeah. So he goes to Super Pussy Guy, not the actual guy, because I couldn't figure out if this was Super Pussy Guy or not. They go outside and talk about his son. And I'm like, or is this Seagal's son? But then either way, he yeah, he freaking tries to like, hey, I'll quit asking questions. I'll kill you. And like old man's like, fuck you. Fuck you, chump. <laughs> he like, yeah, yeah, whips his ass with like does a quick ass whipping. Fucks yeah, like breaks fuck his dude. nose and takes these, his gun. These, scene, these scenes are so like Dude, it literally was just short. like open up with fucking cocaine and strippers. I don't know why no, you didn't get that. These, I was like, what the hell is this visual? So you know, aggressive. These, is these anyone scenes, actually like this? These scenes are so weird and short and stupid. I almost feel like your notes are better for this movie than mine. Because <laughs> I've I'm because keep in mind, I'm trying to like still pay attention. I think that's why I hated this movie even more than you did. Because I'm still trying to pay attention to the plot and get details and like, you know, follow along. But like, bro, there's just like <sighs> Well, I'll lead you into the next scene that I think I have. Now we have a bar scene with DMX, and God, the dialogue is bad. Because I think yes. he's like wanting a drink or something. I'm trying to remember. There was a lot to try to pay attention to this movie, but not a lot that's worth paying attention to this movie. Yeah, there's a lot to pay attention to, but there's not a lot going on at the same time. This movie is stupid, James. But anyway, so uh, then Frank takes the gun to DMX. He wants ballistics run on it to see if the muzzle velocity matches the bullet that killed Desmond. X is like, hey, why'd why'd you quit the force? And Frank asks, why did I join in the first place? Then he leaves. And then we cut to Desmond talking to <gasps> DMX. Oh, no. DMX is, the, DMX is bad guy. Oh, no. They were working together oh, no. the whole time. Oh, he was a bad guy the whole time, you guys. Oh, shit. So X is like, watch your back. And then Desmond bribes DMX to give him his gun back. X takes the money and then goes off. Then DMX calls Steven Seagal. He says, your son killed a cop's kid. And Seagal says, let me call my people. End scene. Then Frank goes to talk to that tatted up boomer Jinx again. Who yeah, says, we're going back to the biker, bro. Things like, yo, I got a tip about this girl named Charlotte. She was going to buy some product with a lot of money. And then Frank leaves without saying a word that entire scene. He's like, then okay. We then we cut to Charlotte driving away and being tailed by Frank going to her parents' house. She gets to her parents' house. Frank confronts her and basically tells her how he knows. Somehow now he knows that she took the money that uh, that hit that his son was going to use to pay off Desmond. And she's like, I loved him, but I wanted to leave the city and he didn't not even for me. And Frank, and Frank is basically like, you're a bitch. Get out of town. If someone, fa- if I found you, someone else will too. And she leaves. <clears throat> and Desmond goes to see his Seagal. Seagal confronts him on how he killed chance. Desmond was like, he was a fucking nobody. Seagal says, everybody's somebody. You got no right to judge. Son who lives and dies. And then he's like, that, that kid's father is Frank Wilson. He's either going to kill us or he's going to die. Desmond goes, we'll take care of it. And then what could be considered the best, quote unquote, scene in the movie or dialogue, Seagal goes, 
you'll take care of it. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to a retarded child. I paused. I stared at the screen, confused, befuddled. I rewound that bit a few times and laughed. And yeah, so Zagal says, don't do nothing. Don't do fucking nothing. Have you noticed he throws in random F words? Yeah, yeah. Dialogue? but it's like, no, not like don't do, don't do any, the don't fucking do anything. It's like fucking his job, Crayola blues man talk. And he does it like, you must fucking think I'm stupid or like, don't fucking do nothing or don't do fucking nothing. You fucking got it. like, it's not cool and edgy, but the way he puts them, it doesn't even flow good. Like that one where he's like, don't do fucking nothing. It flow a lot better if he was just like, fucking don't do anything. Or it's like, or, or, or better yet, just don't have it. It doesn't sound cool. So you yeah. sound like a geek. Well, have you seen the fat fuck? All right. So the next so thing. Frank, so Frank dreams about his son some more. No, it's not even the next day. This is that night. Yeah, some we just dudes, get more horror stuff nightmare, as I wrote. And then, dude, I don't know if there's yeah. anything else from the scene. He's just getting PTSD with his kid or something. And well, then some dudes friggin- go, to, go to kill him. Yeah, they like all are like there's yeah, I just wrote down Seagull's kid and his crew come come loaded with guns and all to go into friggin' like Chance's apartment and they didn't find Angry Dad there. But they go outside and like a car has been exploded. Yeah, and that's what weird. It doesn't sound like an explosion, it sounds like a thump, like someone crashed into the car or fell on it. So I thought, did Frank randomly like throw a guy off a roof onto their car? But no, he blew it up. I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's already like disintegrated and like Five minutes, like I've seen a car get on fire, and like it, it, it doesn't take it. Like it takes a little bit longer than like not even a minute. It was like, well, I don't know how long they were in the apartment, but random car explosion, dude. Wasn't it your car? No, I haven't had a car gone on fire. fire. No, I've seen like a fucking car like just get lit up on fire. It was a fuck this movie. Quick side off story. Great. So forget it's like when I was like working up, I was like, this is when I was a utility line locator and I was working in Paso and I was getting gas and like outside like the McDonald's and like some shopping center. Just like you just see this dude is like, just I'm like, I'm casually watching this car just get more and more on fire. Like it like becomes a big (laughs) fire where eventually like free and like firemen and all that show up. I just watched this sad man and his like kid hang out outside this car while they just watch this thing just get engulfed in flames. I'm just like, damn, that dude is not having a good day. That's, uh, huh, I thought that'd be a little more funny. That just sounds stressful. <laughs> well, I was, it, you could have said, it's like, oh, hot lol, cars are on fire. But I'm like, no, I'm just watching some dude and his kid and they don't look stoked. And I'm like, dude, I wouldn't be stoked either if I had my car on fire. For real. For realsies. So, Back Yo, to back to this fucking movie. movie. X goes to talk to Frank, who's ra- who's back in the apartment now, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and he says, um, Frank uh, asks about he asks goes to ask him about the car being lit on fire, but but Frank's like, I don't know what happened. So then, um, he's like, What's the word on those ballistics? And X is like, What? He's like the ballistics. He goes, "Oh, I don't know, man. This stuff takes time. Give it a few days." And Frank knows something's up, but then he tries to fake him out. He's like, "I'm gonna leave this city. 
X is like, cool. And then he leaves. Cool. I'll just call you about those ballistics in a couple of days. Cut to a diner. Frank and his lady friend are talking. She's like, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to go home. They came after me once. If they're if I'm at my house, that's self-defense. I could shoot them, basically. And base and then and there's this weird thing in this scene where she starts talking to him about guilt, like, you know, guilt that his wife died of cancer, guilt that his son's dead and all that. And like they're trying to infer to me all these things about his character, but they're just not there. Yeah, see, all I got's like now Angry Dad's hanging with investigator lady and confirms his suspicion on DMX and the gun. Cause I guess like she like Ta- he he had her ask some people to see if like there are some uh, like a, if there was like an incoming ballistics report that's pending and it's like nope DMX's character never dropped off a gun for freaking ballistics reports like oh yeah that's sketch all right I'm gonna go home so I can shoot people so we cut to a house the old black dude's house he's chilling and some dude with a gun comes in asking for Frank. Then we cut to five dudes rolling up to Frank's house, I guess. I, I know it is, but at the time I wrote that in my notes because the pacing was so jarring. I, I was I was thinking to myself, this could be anywhere. And I'm just like, yes. And they're looking around, looking around. And they go in the house. One guy goes outside. We see Frank hiding in the bushes. He shoots him, takes his shotgun. And then he wait, and then uh, he he hides under something and shoots. This was weird. He shot a guy in the ankle with a shotgun, but it left a tiny little prick. It didn't like blow off blow his fucking off his ankle. ankle. Well, they yeah, didn't have, blow off his ankle. Well, there, I don't. It looks like they weren't. They didn't have the budget or created enough, or were created enough to create an ankle blowout. But forget. I would have. I would have preferred CGI than that. But there was shitty CGI blood because that's the best that they could do. So, uh, okay, yeah. Is there's a shootout going on? He's able to take out like friggin' three dudes, like one around the corner, like of the house, and then he like crawls under his house and he opens oh, yeah. up a board and shoots someone through the floor of the house. He gets someone there. He marks another dude, but then he gets fucking shot by a dude, and like they like he just like he gets shot and he's like looks like he's dead and it's like desmond it's like oh hey did you kill him yeah well can you go check the body he's like dude i shot him dead bro come on he's dead yeah and then desmond's like at a boy then he then he looks at frank's body he's like fuck you bitch and then he gets in the jeep and fuck drives you, bitch. Away. and then like what the fuck all right because like he can't like they try to make it like oh he's dead but then they show him in the hospital it's like oh he's not dead lol yeah, he's just he's just up in the hospital. Um, yeah, this is. <sighs> Sorry, I need a sec. I'm not lost. I, I'm where I need to be on my nose. It's just that there's a lot of shit that they crammed oh. in in like an hour and twenty minutes. That's a Frank in a hospital. Old black dude. He's there. not dead. Lady friend too. Yeah, he's not dead. The ancient one and the investigator investigator ladies there. I've already told you how ancient this fucking dude looks. He's uh, he's he's an old fella. He's an older fella. He shouldn't be in this movie. This is elder abuse. (laughs) That's funny. So, yes. um, Frank's alive and DMX drops by. DMX goes in. 
he tries to ask him some questions. Old black guy doesn't trust him. Uh, he's real sassy with him. And then uh, lady friend gives him gives him her card, and then he leaves. He's like, "Call me when he wakes up." Then we cut to Desmond. X goes to him and says, "Well, they Frank's like alive. it's in DMX's car, and like Desmond, yeah. like Sinner's like, yeah, he's alive." And he's like, well, "Son of a bitch." I'm like, and why didn't you fucking check on the body? It's like, uh, he's died. Come on, he's dead. And then so, like DMX makes a Gremlins reference. It's like, why? Yeah, X tells him, and it's not even like it's not even like set up good either. He's just like, Your problems keep multiplying with water, Gizmo. And Desmond goes, What? Gizmo. And then and then DMX gets like actually mad. He's like, Gremlins movie should watch it it's a classic i'm like i guess dmx is a movie buff or he like gremlins yeah so then so now seagal's talking with desmond yeah and and it's like it, he's telling the same seagal, thing but steven i guess seagal, he disowns him steven seagal is sitting down smoking a cigar and like I said, and, and I wrote here because I, because like I said, I wrote here in my notes. I'm like, have you noticed in all his movies, his fat ass is always sitting down? Yes, anyway. or at least at least this like donut beard era. So, oh shit, I dropped my phone. Hold on. Okay, so the movie's so bad, it's throwing off my motor skills. So he goes it's a on this horrible fucking movie. He goes on this stupid monologue about how I'm tired of telling you the same motherfucking thing, boy. What happened to you, boy? If you had a soul, I think it'd be unretrievable. You lost it the day you killed that boy. I don't mind if you have to kill somebody, but not like that. Devin says, at least I do my own killing, and I like it. You are no longer my son. You're not my real father. I did the best I could to be what you wanted. Could fool me. It was never enough, not for you. You got precious little time, son. I don't want to watch you die. I'm going to kill him first. And then he leaves. Then Desmond goes talk to a guy. So yeah, just to wrap that up, since that was definitely some dialogue. Or we'll just pound it in your fucking skulls. All we got is like Seagal and Desmond are hanging out. Desmond's now like crazier. Seagal disowns him because Seagal's a man of honor or something. And the kid says he likes ah. killing or something. But now Seagal, like Seagal's kid, like Desmond's meetings, has a meeting with his peeps. Yeah. What and goes now, on there? He's trying to basically usurp um, control of the company or whatever from, from his dad. And he's basically telling him how he's old, <laughs> which is true, but he's like, He's old. He can't run shit no more. Get a new supplier. Then we cut. To so I get like, what is he trying to like uh, steal away uh, Seagull's business or something? Yeah. Whatever his criminal business is of dealing supplies. <laughs> so they never then, like specify uh, what his business is. Yeah, he really never did. What is he doing? So, is he selling counterfeit toys? Is he being <laughs> Santa? Are they trying to take away his job as being fucking evil Santa or something? 
So the evil Santa. Yeah, I know. So it's then, like Seagal's Krampus. He pops in and he fucks you up with a keto and takes you away. Because <laughs> you've been bad. Children, be good or fucking or friggin or evil Steven Santa. Seagal is going to come in your house and kick your ass? Yes. He's just going to grab you by the head. He's going to ask you politely to give you your hand and he's just going to fuck you up and then like friggin take you away back to Russia where he lives or something. And try to get sells you sketchy crypto. I can't tell you how much I love, but also hate that. Where the fuck are we? This movie so then, sucks. So we cut to the old black dude talking to lady friend, and she's basically like, "Go home. You've done enough." He's like, "Okay." Then we cut to the dude Desmond was talking to earlier, talking to the evil lady from earlier with the bad line delivery. Is that Desmond or the fucking super pussy guy? Because I think it's the no. super pussy guy. I don't know, dude. It's someone that's not Desmond. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell. I, 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 I didn't mean to get mad at you. <laughs> I didn't mean to get mad at you. Whatever. Just, like the, the supplier lady who can't act earlier meets with yes. super pussy, I guess. They make a this deal, was- but then they also like pan the camera to security camera. That might play into the plot, I guess. I don't know. By that's what way, we saw. By the way, more horrible line delivery. She's basically like, me and Desmond need you to do something. Don't tell Steven Seagal. She's like, if the price is right. He's like, you like money? Who doesn't? She says, the price will be right. And then, yeah, cut to security camera. What is this lady? It's like easy. It's like, let's talk about volume. All right, you look like you know what you want. You got all that down. Okay, I'll do business with you. Bye. Well, she's a Hey, don't worry. We'll deal with them. Okay, cool. Bye. Well, she's a drug supplier, obviously, that Steven Seagal feels. They never said drug supplier. With. She could be a toy supplier or coal supplier. They, they, he asked her if she had volume. Volume of it, what? I assumed drugs or weapons. See, you don't know. Volume of criminal activity. What criminal you know what? activity? Fine, we're rewriting bringing, this movie. Yeah, fuck it. We're rewriting the movie. Oh, we're, re- we're, re- we're rewriting this movie. Uh, 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 what's his name? Steven Seagal is a, is a weird, evil Santa Claus that has a weird coat, blue and orange coat of honor, and he's working with evil people to get toys to children. That's a more interesting plot than what the movie gave us. Ah, so then we cut. So the, the ancient dude. man that's like should be there is at is home his and is visited by Desmond. Yeah, he pulls up the chair, pulls out a gun. He goes, they draw Jack. Yeah, they have this bare bones ass philosophical conversation. He asks about lady friend. Old black dude's like, she ain't involved. Just she's an old friend of Frank's. Then eventually in one of the, this is probably the best part in the movie. um, Desmond's trying to intimidate him. And then old black dude says, you're going to shoot me or bore me to death. I got family waiting for me up there. So I don't need to listen to a little boy trying to sound like a man when he's just a piece of shit wrapped in human skin. And yeah, he gets killed, but that was great. He his his whole thing was literally, look, bro, I'm old as fuck and I don't care. Go fuck. This movie is abuse on me. I shouldn't be here. Just kill me off already so I can go home or something. So Desmond leaves and he has his boy call up X and wires DMX a hundred thousand dollars to kill Frank. Frank wakes up with oh, there's a little. Well, here's the thing. I wrote down the sub thug calls DMX, sends him money to rub something out. 
Because this is what they said. Like, obviously, oh, it's God, like, right. yo, dude, they're trying to like, they got, they're, they got some, they got to take away freaking like this old angry dad. The children are That's scared right. of him. They there's need just, to take just, him out so that they can get the toys to children. There's this really stupid dialogue where they ask DMX, they're like, what do you do when you have an itch? And DMX is like, scratch it. And he goes, you rub it out. I'm like, what? All right, let's just get to the hospital. Angry Dad wakes yeah. up and gets news and then gets the lady's this car is, or something. I jumped this a is lot. Really, this is really stupid. So he wakes up and then he's like, I got to get going because he just woke up. He's trying to get out of the hospital. <laughs> she's like, and then she gets a call. She's like, and then she finds out that uh, Frank is super, uh, not Frank, old black man's super dead. Then we cut to Frank just standing up and putting his clothes on. And he's talking about how he's ready to exact revenge. He leaves to get her car, jump by two dudes, kicks their asses. He sees that they're cops. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dun, oh yeah. dun, dun, dun. I guess there's freaking evil. There's other evil cops that aren't DMX, I guess. Or something. And then DMX to calls up Angry Dad. Just like, hey, I got your ballistics report. All right, cool. Can you tell me about it? Oh, no. Can we meet up and I can show you? Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. And then, yeah. Let's so, set up a well, meeting. But Angry Dad, he's smart. It's like, okay, fine. I'm going to go fuck up DMX. He actually, it was funny because he was actually calling Lady Friend to see if DMX was up. But then he's like, it's your lucky day. I'm right here. And then he's like, oh, yeah. And some of DMX's worst acting, he's like, yeah, so uh, I got your ballistics report. Can I uh, can I come show it to you? It's just like, oh, my God. Here's the thing. DMX so, is one of the better actors of this whole movie. Yes, but he was better in Exit Wounds and Cradle to the Grave, which I'm sure to some people means absolutely nothing. But I watch those movies, and to me, that means something. He did a lot more in those movies. Yes. So, anyway. but he does more here than he did in like Romeo Must Die. So then Frank kisses lady friend goodbye, kisses her goodbye, and the, and then he goes to meet DMX. Frank basically asks him, "How long have you been a dirty cop?" And X is like, and then DMX starts talking like DMX. He's like, "You ain't a fucking saint." And Frank's like, "Yeah." And then X goes. 48 fucking thousand a year. That's what they think my life is worth. I happen to think it's worth a little more. And oh my God. They and have it's the like, worst. wait, did we, we just watched the movie with like Seagull wait, yeah, and a it cop. Wait, yeah, it just hit me. That was the exact same and thing. And it's like, yeah, I only get like under $50,000. I get under $50,000 a year to be a high level police officer fighting crime. And I can, my life can end. Fuck this job. I want more money. And it's like. Yo, they really make sound like being a cop sucks. Why does anyone want to be a cop? I mean, being a cop does kind of suck. But well, you kind of sit around on your ass all day, like. Well, you do in the town. Like every now and, and then, like you might get action, but most of the time it looks like uh, it's like paperwork, and driving around, and being an asshole. And sorry to anyone that's a, that are proud officers. Sorry. <laughs> Oh man, great! We're gonna have the Blue Lives Matters guy pro guys protest our show. Dope. <laughs> so anyway, um, 
So they have the worst struggle you've ever seen in your life. You almost wonder if there were stunt doubles for both of them. It's weird. They're like struggling. They're fucking ancient. They might as well. Hey, you want five dollars? <laughs> you just roll around horrible. We'll like videotape you, and then like yeah. Whatever. Angry Dino DMX meet, they talk so, and fight no, and hold angry on, hold shit. on. It was so it was so stupid though, because they were like engaged they they're like hugging each other, but they're both not facing each other on screen at the same time. It's always, oh, the back of Frank's head, oh, the back of DMX's head. And then it's just it's it's just it, it's so stupid. And then somehow Frank randomly grabs his gun, and then he shoots DMX. And then, best death scene in movie history, DMX clutches his stomach, and he goes, you shot me. Then he calmly lays down on the ground and dies. He, like, gently wait, sets wait, himself I, down on the ground like a cat. Said, you told me he just like, oh, I got shot in the stomach. All right, I'm going to casually just get down and die. Yeah, that's what happens. He's like, you shot me. Then he just... he. he he just, he just, he just lays down gently. He just gently lays down and dies. I'm dead now. I am the what dead. What the hell? So Frank fishes out his phone, calls Desmond, who's playing with his stupid lighter. Yeah, they were trying to give Desmond this quirky character quirk, this whole movie of playing with his lighter. And then we cut to Steven Seagal on his fat ass drinking whiskey and smoking a cigar on a laptop. It's the video feed of like the horrible actor lady and like super pussy as they're making a deal. And then he goes it, off and kills also, some really, dude. Really quick. It's not even like from the security camera footage. It's the exact same angle we watched. They just put a filter on it to make it look like a security camera because the camera was on the ceiling. Yeah, this movie's horrible. <laughs> So then we cut to... Oh, this is funny. Yeah, he actually... You see him standing. You see him yeah. standing. He's not oh sitting. Oh, my God. He walks up to the guy, and he goes... And it's funny. You don't even see him walk up. You just see him cut, and then he's just standing with a gun. It's like, the fuck is this? He's like, yo, boss. And then Steven Seagal... Hey, boss. How's it going? And Steven Seagal goes, you been running around my back with my boy? No. Why and he's would like, we do that? he's like, boss. And he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> he's like, shut the fuck. Yeah, he got, he got don't gassed say out saying. Don't say a motherfucking word to me. Then he just, then, 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 oh my God. Then somehow Steven Seagal just puts the whole plot together. He he basically goes, oh God fucking damn it. He basically goes, these are the guys you pulled that heist with. Then you killed Chance. Y'all want to be gangsters? Then he just shoots them. There's like two other dudes there. He's like, bang, bang, bang. He's like, that's part of the life, bitch. And then he leaves. God damn it. I hate this movie. It's like, oh, well, there goes those dudes. Seagal just like jive talking angrily like, you motherfuckers. And then he just like, him. he whips out a gun and he just like freaking like Zapruder films. Just goes, bap, bap, bap. And they're all dead. We don't even see their bodies. They were too lazy to shoot them uh, getting shot. Oh, my God. So then Whatever, the next thing it's like angry dad finds freaking Desmond and kills him. What are the details on that? No, there's no details. Desmond goes up to him because he, he's Desmond driving or angry DMX's, dad. He's driving up in DMX's car and then he knocks him out. There's one guy randomly there. He shoots and he knocks Desmond to the ground, makes him looks at him and then executes him. That's the end. Yeah, Angry That's Dad it. also got shot too, I guess. And then we get to the worst scene in this oh, motherfucking oh, movie. <laughs> okay, we actually got something here. All right. Cut. 
we cut to Steven Seagal, get ready for the ear rape, sitting and smoking. Frank goes to talk to him. And by the way, I think I said it earlier, but I don't remember. Steven Seagal points out he knows who Frank is. Apparently, they know each other. So Frank goes to talk to him, and then Steven Seagal goes on another stupid soliloquy. He goes, I've been waiting for you. I know you killed my son. So here we are. So here we are. The way I see it, you killed your son. You abandoned him. I gave him a house, job, and food. I told my people to find the killer. I'm not going to kill you because you killed my son. But I'm going to kill you because the world will be better off without you. And then this fucking fat ass gets... By the way, I've been calling Seamus Seagal fat a lot, this this review. I just want to point out, I'm a thick boy too, so don't worry. I, I'm no body shamer, okay? But this scene well, is so... a piece of shit, though. This scene is so stupid. He gets up slow and sluggish. Frank clearly has enough time to pull out a gun and shoot him. But somehow he gets up and walks to the other side of the desk. Aikido I mean, Frank, who beat up like five guys at once at one point, Frank just jobs. Like, I just wrote and, down low fat Aikido. It's pretty funny. And then Steven Seagal, sluggish and fat and stupid, he 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 just Aikido's him onto the floor and throws him on the ground, and then he kills him. He shoots him. He kills Frank. Oh, but but Frank got a call off to 911, and his last words are, you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison knowing I put you there. But we don't even see Steven Seagal get arrested. So let me get this straight. Steven Seagal is the quote-unquote star of this movie. He's barely in it. He doesn't do anything. There's no real character arc. He's technically a bad guy, but he gets to be a good guy. He spouts off about honor. Then he kills the hero of the story. It he's shown as an invincible bat. Frank doesn't even touch him. He doesn't even hit him. He doesn't hurt him. He doesn't do any damage to him, James. He just gets his ass kicked. Seagal can never look weak. Seagal, I must never look weak. Why would I allow this? I am Steven Seagal. I am a keto master. I never look weak. Why would I look weak in my movies? You know, you can tell we really hate this movie. He gets casually outsmarted. Because friggin' Frank like got nine one one on the phone and basically recorded and for like all of like Seagal like him spouting out and basically telling like telling what he's done all his criminal activities while he's just killed this man too. So fat and keto like, and like like God, it's so stupid. And then the movie ends. Well, the because movie kind of ends because we get to Charlotte. She's hanging out in a hotel room, and the fucking bad dialogue lady pops up and executes her, and movie's over. It's like... Yeah, she shoots her, and the movie ends. This movie is horrible. It's awful. It's worthless. It's stupid. Yeah, it fucking I sucks. It. I could tell you really hated this movie because I thought this was kind of going to be like our Exit Wounds review, where... where where you're spending most of the review doing crappy Steven Seagal voice. But no, this movie doesn't deserve that. It's just bad. Well, I don't have you in the room to play off. That's true. But yeah, you're kind of like, and I just got you over the phone. Like, I can't be sitting there. Like, my age, I motherfuckers. You want, you talking shit on my movie? You talking about shit on my movie, brother? I know Akito. I'll fuck you nerds up. Motherfuckers. <laughs> I know I'll play blues guitar too. I'm a bad, bad man. <laughs> talking shit on my movie with rap superstar DMX you better not I'm in Russia you wanna buy some of my crypto though 
You know what this I'm reminds me man. of? I'm a man of peace and honor. But fuck you, but keto. And he's such a worthless loser. Like, there's a story that Steven that Sylvester he is a worthless Stallone, rich loser. Let's put it that. Th- let's put it that way. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone told a story once how there was a there was a, there was a, there was this like dope party that had Van Damme with Bruce Willis. Already, you already said like freaking John Claude Van Damme. I don't know. I almost no. Said this is Robin. a different story. This oh sorry sorry but this is uh, this is a different story than the other one. So um, John Claude Van Damme's there with Bruce Willis. Arnold John Claude ain't no saint either. He's pretty like coked out and like horned out. Oh yeah. So. Don Johnson and Madonna and Shaquille O'Neal are there. Then Van Damme. <laughs> this party sounds lit. And then apparent, but apparently Steven Seagal was a was a drunk asshole and was saying how he could kick Van Damme's ass all night. So then Van Damme cha- challenged him and like actually tried to fight him or. Then Steve, but then Steven Seagal made an excuse and then left. Then he went to a place called the. Um, then he went to a nightclub in Miami because, of course, this was happening in Miami, so you know there was a lot of coke, especially if Van Dam was there. But then Van Dam got pissed at him, tracked him down. Was this like late nineties? Something like that. What and is this Van time Damme, period? Van Dam like this has to be late nineties, right? In my Van Dam Van Dam tracked him down, and then Seagal disappeared again. Fucking! There's a story from Jenny McCarthy talking about how she was uh, Jenny McCarthy, the fucking uh, Nickelodeon star for Mike Harley and shit. No, that's Jeanette McCurdy. Oh, sorry. Jenny McCarthy is someone else. She said when they were casted, they casted Playmates for Under Siege Two. Apparently, Steven Seagal had like straight up had like straight up a casting couch. What are you pissed about yourself for that? No, no, no. Fucking good friend Bone Steel sent a picture of his new shirt design. I'm like, okay, this is the bad. This is lost the plot. I will Wait. kick oh. Jungle Boy. I'll kick Jurass. <laughs> you know, oh my God, I just saw it. You know what? That's stupid enough to work though. AEW Marks would buy that. That's you know that. Yeah, I'm ignoring this. I'm back to fucking... So, Jenny McCarthy and Steven Seagal as like... Oh, yeah, Seagal and his like infamous casting couches. Because I've seen Seagal got hella me too, but he's in Russia. No one gives a fuck. <laughs> really quick. There, Which obviously there me also- too is not fucking cool. I apologize if I... I don't mean to joke on that. No, I get it. There's also this really funny thing from WrestleCrap I saw once where they were comparing, for some reason, Stone Cold Steve Austin to Steven Seagal. And Stone Cold, they were like former six-time champion, three-time Royal Rumble winner, King of the Ring, all this other stuff, podcast host, Sheriff of Raw, Hall of Famer, one of the most popular wrestlers of all time, starring the Condemned to Hunt to Kill, all-around badass. And they said Steven Seagal, um, martial artist, Aikido instructor, actor, quotation marks producer screenwriter musician quotation marks star of steven seagal lawman reincarnated buddhist energy drink sponsor oh DFS yeah the shitty like you want to drink some thunder how oh, drinks th- steven seagal's thunderbolt yeah BFF, how long that B- energy drink last BFF of Vladimir Putin, star of movies like Under the Siege, of Law, and twenty-five and about twenty-five direct-to-DVD movies and all-around ass, just, just bruh, bruh. Look at Steven. Look at Steven. So what's the Jenny McCarthy story? I think I totally zoned out on that one. Yeah. So Jenny McCarthy says so for Under Siege two, they were casting uh, playmates for Under Siege two, and she was oh oh god, and apparently. 
She was the last audition. She dressed in regular clothes or whatever. She goes into his office. There's only Steven Seagal, and his office has a huge, what she calls a huge shag carpet, which I, I guess shag like, you know, fuck. And basically, it just looked like he had a casting couch. Bruh. Yeah. So, to say that, to wrap oh, yeah, this. Well, yeah, this movie's, this movie's horrible. Yeah, this movie's horrible. Please don't watch it. Like, this review of ours is kind of fucking like, it really sucked. Dialogue's really bad. Steven Seagal's piece of shit, for the most part. He refuses to look weak in the film to actually get create a solid story. He beats our villain. I mean, our, our hero. Yeah. No one's a winner in this movie. Except no. DMX and the ancient one, who was most yeah. likely, uh, like, him being in this movie came off as elder abuse. But yeah, don't watch this movie. Fucking, all right, next week. We're, all, we're going glam. Fuck this Steven Seagal fucking action dude shit. All right, next week, we're going to check out Guns N' Roses. Like, how are we starting Guns N' Roses off? Are we just going to Appetite um, Destruction? Or is there something else I need to, like, look into? Is there no, demos or an AP or something? Or uh, you know, I've never looked for their demos or EPs. Actually, no. As, but yeah, we'll just stick to studio outputs. Why am I on? Please, no. All right, we're gonna go Guns into a Guns and EPs yeah, EPs and demos. Whatever. I'm gonna to promote for next week what we plan on doing for the most part, and hopefully, like we'll be back on schedule. Hell, maybe Edward in studio. We will see. Most really likely, quick. Edwards in studio. I think we're over with this fucking COVID shit. Really quick, there is for us actually, personally. The world's not done with COVID because COVID's a fucking COVID's pretty shitty. So they did actually, they do actually have an EP before Appetite for Destruction. It's called Live and Act Like a Suicide. I don't know what that means. Um. There's two covers and two songs that I don't think show up on any other records. The, the covers are funny. It's Nice Boys by Rose Tattoo and then Mama Kim by Aerosmith. Okay, then. Can you imagine, can you imagine Axl Rose singing that? I don't feel Mama Kim. Man. Well, you can go check that out if he's going like, Ever now, Mama Kim. No, we'll, so just, uh, yeah, we'll just do Appetite for Destruction. So yeah, we're going to listen to Appetite Destruction. And to anyone that are listening... We have we started out this podcast reviewing Rock Love by Brett Michaels, and we kind of stopped because that the second season was just pure shit, and the third season just seemed like fucking hell, and we've derailed ourselves to try to avoid it, but at this point, we gotta get it done. Once you get shot with the arrow, you don't pull it out, you push through. So we're getting on the fucking Rock Love bus with Brett Bad Boy Rockstar Brett Michaels. Oh, God. You know... It's been like it feels like a year since we touched anything Rock of Love, but I'm almost not ready because God, What's, taking we've avoided it for so long. Taking, Are you ready take, for fucking taking boobs from, to out the fucking boobs that can't even contain the like itty bitty shirts that these women are wearing? Are you ready for some drunken debauchery and Brett Michaels avoiding that drinking because he's diabetic, but then he's still doing uh freaking you know his shtick. Friggin', oh, what's going on? Big John, I'm in trouble. Save me. I'm a piece Bro, of shit. I'm telling oh, you. What's going on? The Watching Rock of Love 
is literally the longest 45 minutes of my life. Oh, dude, are you ready for this first episode? Dude, is it going to be like last time? Was like, All right, I'm a man that likes to take photographs. Let me take pictures of you ladies. And him just going, oh, oh, oh. God. No. You know what? You know what? I think we're cultivating a good audience doing all these crappy movies. Really? Maybe, I feel like it's maybe, just random people going in and out. No. Maybe we don't oh. need Brett. Maybe we don't need Brett Michaels. Ha ha! We're going Brett Michaels. Get your bandanas and your affliction shirts and your bedazzled boot cut jeans. That's right. Rock a love bus. Why am I too energetic? It's going to be hell on earth for us. All right, then. This is the Doctor That Danger Radio Show with their host, James and Edward. Have a good one. Audios, please help me.